follow. Book it. Welcome to Book It, a wrestling podcast where we book and revisit your favorite wrestling storylines. I'm your commissioner, High Five Mike, and have your GMs, Damone, D Money Allen, Carmelo, Primetime Travi T, Bowl, Bowl, Little Fudge, Plate, Bad Guy. Hello. What? Why? Hey. You're breaking it up. Why is Less that his name? Up. Why is his name Scoop Diddy Whoop? Yeah, Scoop Diddy Whoop. Scoop Diddy Poop Diddy Poop Diddy Whoop. I have no idea. It's a Kanye West lyric. Yep. It's a Bro. terrible lyric. Uh, that is a, a whole an actual Kanye, Kanye West concert lyric. on his show. Bars. Oh yeah. The moment was having concerts every episode. Yeah, I did. I had Cardi B at one point. He had me perform. Yeah. Yeah, that All was right. a channel changer. Wow. <laughs> no, he, so, was a ma- he was a multi-platinum star. We yeah. are, for this week, uh, we are finishing up round four of the third Book It Verse. Uh, we are closing it out with Travi T. Um, Travi, uh, right before you tell us about your company, I just want to say, if you haven't listened to Book It Verse, go back to the first Book It Verse or the beginning of this Book It Verse. It's just our own fantasy companies. At this point, I'm not going to explain it. If you're just tuning in, I'd recommend going back to listen. I've been here the whole time. Why? Not you. Not just. I'm not saying just you. I meant I was oh. going to tell you to go. Oh. You and then I realized I needed. Then... <laughs> yeah, because I was going to tell you to tell me about your company, and then I realized I needed to tell people who are tuning in for the first time for I'm some not reason about my company to go back. So go ahead and tell us about your company. Travis, it's Primetime Championships. Not, what am I telling you? Nobody you else tell- has to do it. A- presentation before actually presentation. i ask every single person to this talk is not about very the prime time of you Travis. <laughs> he does do that i do this every week <laughs> i don't know what this is about <laughs> it's a company that, that shows wrestling has been showing wrestling for 20 years Man, so I'm not too time himself. that's fine all i'm up beating in the you videos, all up in i'm beating you not, dork not for long <laughs> all right about to so, fuck that up in real time <laughs> we'll see all right so this is Primetime Championships Presents Takeover One Night Only. Live from London, England in the O2 Arena. Boo! Boo! <laughs> what kind of... Dom's there, too. Was that like an Australian boo? What was that? <laughs> he was trying to be British. <laughs> um, so the theme song is Are You Entertained by Russ featuring Ed Sheeran. Ugh. Let's get started. I was waiting for it. <laughs> That's nasty. Oh, I'm mad at it. <laughs> All right. So, um, first week of Rebellion after the last pay per view has got Samoa Joe versus Charlie Haas in a singles match. Uh, they have a nine minute match that, for the most part, sees Samoa Joe dominating Charlie Haas before finishing him with the Coquina Clutch. Uh, on that same episode, um, who is that? I don't know. Facebook user said, look at these doors. Hey, fuck you, Facebook user. Mm, he said that with hate in his heart. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling it's Joe? I feel like it's either Joe or one of us sitting here right now. <laughs> it might be Andrew. I could see it being Andrew. Oh, fuck him too. 
Fuck all of you. It <laughs> um, was the one. <laughs> yeah, fuck it me. was Jordan. God, oh, that's even worse. Jordan Vertex? Yeah. Oh, he glad. I'm glad he gone because I've been on his ass. <laughs> all right. So back to the show. All right. Um. Also, you'll hear more about this later, but there was a uh, purchase, uh, another company purchased by PTC. But so Roddy Piper makes his uh, PTC debut after NGBW was purchased. Uh, Piper stands in the ring as the crowd cheers for him. PTC, let's get rowdy! Piper screams to the crowd, and the audience erupts. As Neo Genesis Pro Wrestling ends, Old Rod seems to be facing a Neo Genesis of his own. As soon as I found out Travis T had bought the company, I went out of my way to get a contract here because I don't want to be the guy sitting at home collecting an unemployment check. No, I want to fight. I want to be the guy that's out here cracking heads and taking names week after week. Now, what do you want to see old Rod do? Maybe Roddy Piper goes to war with that lunatic raven. Maybe Roddy Piper goes head-to-head with the King of Kings, Triple H. Maybe Roddy Piper digs the Undertaker from that shallow grave Gangrel put him in and fights him to the death for real. There's a long road of tough sons of bitches ahead of me, but I see two names right in front of me, and I'm itching to spill their blood in the ring. Tyson Kidd and Jay Briscoe, I'm coming for your belts. Tyson Kidd, this Sunday at NGBW Proving Ground, I'm taking that NGBW North American Championship from you, and then Jay Briscoe, I'm flying over the pond to my homeland for takeover one night only, and I'm taking your Intercontinental title too. I hope you boys are ready for war, because this old Scott has a couple more in him. As he says this, Mojo sneaks behind him and locks in the coquina clutch, choking him unconscious as PTC security tries to fry him off a piper. The next week on Livewire, uh, Eddie Kingston and Ultimo Dragon have a back-and-forth singles match. The climax is when Ultimo Dragon goes for an acai moonsault, but is caught by Kingston and hit with a high-impact, short-range lariat called Blackout from Kingston. Before Kingston can go for the pin, however, he's pulled from the ring and uses a battery ram through the bat- barricade by Samoa Joe. Joe leaves through the crowd as the referee calls for the bell for a DQ victory for Eddie Kingston. Later that night, the Intercontinental Champion goes one-on-one with the new Cruiserweight Champion in a singles uh, match lasting 18 minutes. Towards the end of the match, Scott Justice goes for a super kick, but Jay Briscoe ducks underneath it and Justice hits the referee. He is in shock as to what happened. He turns around and gets hit with a clothesline that sends both men to the outside. Uh, the two champions brawl for a while until Jay Briscoe hits a Jay Driller on the outside. Briscoe celebrates with the crowd before grabbing Justice and heading back to the ring, but then Samoa Joe comes out of nowhere and blasts Jay Briscoe with a Savat kick. Joe beats the hell out of Jay Briscoe and leaves the cr- leaves through the crowd. The referee finally gets up and sees both men down and out on the outside. He begins to count just before he gets to 17. There's a 20 count in PTC just for all those who don't, don't remember. Uh, just before he gets to 17, Scott Justice pulls himself up to the apron and rolls in the ring. Jay Briscoe never makes a count, and Scott Justice wins by count out. Uh, the main event of that episode of Livewire sees Nick Aldis and New Jack have a singles match the last nine minutes. New Jack wins the match with a 187 elbow drop. After the match, New Jack pulls a barbed wire 2x4 from under the ring and assaults Aldis with it. The show ends with New Jack smacking security guards, referees, backstage producers, and agents with the barbed wire 2x4 as Natural Born Killers plays over the PA. Uh, that week on Alpha, Sabu and AJ Styles have a highly entertaining fast-paced match that ends in a double countout after Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault through the announce table. And both men fail to get back to the ring before the 20 count. After the match, uh, Sabu bashes a steel chair over the head and spine of AJ Styles until the chair is finally torn away from him by security. 
Um, at NGBW One Last Dance, uh, Tyson Kidd and Roddy Piper have a singles match for the North American Championship. Uh, they have a, It's a stellar match to crown the final North American Champion. The two men tear the house down, and the match ends when Tyson Kidd goes for a springboard cutter, but is caught midair in a sleeper hold. Uh, Tyson Kidd goes to sleep, and after the arm drops three times, the referee calls for the bell, and Roddy Piper is the new and final NGBW North American Champion. As Piper celebrates, Samoa Joe appears out of nowhere in the two-man brawl. In the center of the ring, Samoa Joe ends up getting the upper hand and lays Piper out with a buckle bomb onto the barricade. Joe looks like a man possessed as he stares, at the, stares down at the lifeless body of Roddy Piper as the medical staff looks after him. All right, so the next week on Livewire, Samoa Joe is in the ring with a microphone. For the past couple of weeks, I've been laying waste to the PTC roster. I've shown without a shadow of a doubt that I am the baddest man in this company, bar none. I took out all of my competition, and I am the rightful challenger for the PTC Intercontinental Championship. Jay Briscoe, get your ass out here so we can do some talking. Jay Briscoe comes out immediately and marches down to the ring. Briscoe grabs the microphone and goes to speak, but Joe puts his hand over the microphone and lowers it. Nah, Jay, I think I'm going to be doing the talking tonight if you don't mind. Jay, I was there in Ring of Honor when your brother was tearing the house down and you were carrying his bags. I was the big dog back then. Nowadays, it seems like you've graduated to the breadwinner of the, Bris the Briscoe brothers. But even with all these changes over the years, one thing stays the same. I'm still the big dog around here. At TakeOver, one night only, I'm putting you down for the count when I lock in the coquina clutch and I choke your ass out. And then I'm taking that belt with me. I have nothing left to say to you, boy. You're dismissed. Jay Briscoe looks furious with a smirk on his face, but before he can reply, Roddy Piper smacked uh, Samoa Joe in the back of the head with the NGBW North American Championship. Piper starts assaulting Joe with stomps and fo then forearms. Until Eddie Kingston runs out and joins them. Briscoe watches for a while before throwing both men off of Joe. The three argue until Kingston attacks Briscoe and those two brawl, and then Piper jumps back on Samoa Joe. Sabu joins the brawl with a chair in hand, throwing shots at everyone involved. As the five men brawl, the referees, producers, securities, and backstage agents uh, try to separate them. Natural Boy and Killers plays over the PA, and out comes New Jack with a barbed wire wrapped two by four, fighting through the security and PTC officials, finally getting to the brawl and laying guys out left and right. The show goes to commercial as the PTC officials struggle to regain control. Um, so on the go-home episode of Rebellion, we get Jay Briscoe versus Samoa Joe in a non-title singles match uh, that lasts 27 minutes. In the end, Samoa Joe smacks uh, Jay Briscoe's head off the steel post and rolls him inside the ring and locks in the coquina clutch, putting Briscoe to sleep for the win. Um, on that same episode, uh, Roddy Piper and Eddie Kingston face off against Sabu and New Jack in a tag team match that lasts 16 or six minutes, I'm sorry. Before Sabu and New Jack go rogue and attack the baby faces with weapons, uh, giving a DQ victory to Piper and Kingston. So the match at the pay-per-view is a six-pack hardcore challenge between Jay Briscoe, Roddy Piper, Samoa Joe, Eddie Kingston, Sabu, and New Jack for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, so for Fitz, Jay Briscoe is wearing black camo cargo pants, black bandana, and black combat boots um, with a sleeveless Jay Briscoe shirt. And black leather gloves. Roddy Piper's wearing blue trunks, blue knee pads, white boots, a red kilt, and a black hot rod t-shirt. Samoa Joe comes out with black and yellow shorts, black elbow pads, black knee pads, and black boots. 
Eddie Kingston comes out with black cargo pants, black boots, a black singlet, and a red bandana. Sabu wears gold pants with a tr traditional kefia, which is that like his headdress, uh, with white boots. And then New Jack comes out wearing camo cargo pants, a camo combat vest, with and then he takes it off to reveal camo singlet and then camo bandana and black combat boots. So for this match, I just went with the high spots because it's a six-person hardcore match. But um, Samoa Joe hits a Camaraplex, which is a German suplex, followed into a Dragon suplex, and finished with a straight jacket suplex on the Jay Briscoe. Roddy Piper hits uh, Sabu with a belly-to-back suplex onto a trash can. Eddie Kingston gets New Jack in the corner and hits him with multiple knife-edge chops, followed up a running arch big boot. Um... Roddy Piper hit, or I'm sorry, Jay Briscoe hits Roddy Piper with a leg hook brain buster off the apron to the outside. Uh, New Jack Irish whips Eddie Kingston into the steel steps and the suplexes up onto the steel step, like onto the step part of the steel steps. Uh, Sabu hits a springboard somersault leg drop onto a chair onto Samoa Joe. Uh, Roddy Piper hits Jay Briscoe with multiple jabs with his hands wrapped in barbed wire. Uh, Sabu hits a jumping DDT onto a chair on New Jack. Samoa Joe hits Eddie Kingston with a muscle buster from the middle rope. The Jay Briscoe hits Roddy Piper with a three-quarter three Nelson suplex onto a set-up steel chair. Uh, Sabu throws a chair into the face of Samoa Joe, then pelts him with multiple Singapore cane shots to the gut and spine. New Jack hits Jay Briscoe with the 187 elbow drop. Uh, Piper hits a bulldog off the apron and through a table to Eddie Kingston. Samoa Joe uh, hits a power bomb into a uh, Boston Crab with uh, on Sabu. While he's got him in the in the Boston Crab, New Jack cracks Samoa Joe with a hard shot to the skull with his barbed wire wrap two by four. Uh, Jay Briscoe hits Eddie Kingston with a froggy bow off the top rope through a table. Sabu hits a triple jump suicide DDT from Sabu to Jay Briscoe. Uh, Royal Flush spinning DDT onto a steel chair from Eddie Kingston to New Jack. There's a running cross body from Roddy Piper to Samoa Joe, sending both men over the top rope into the outside. Uh, Sabu hits a cannonball senton onto a trash can held by Sabu. Uh, Samoa Joe gets Roddy Piper set up on a chair and like leaning against the barricade, and then he hits him with an Olay kick. He then follows up with a Uranagi onto Piper for onto a trash can. Um, Eddie Kingston hits a Saido suplex into the barricade to New Jack. Um, Jay Briscoe hits Sabu with an Avalanche Death Valley driver. Um, Samoa Joe uh, hits Eddie Kingston with a Samoan drop off the apron and through like through a ladder that's propped up between the apron and the barricade. Uh, sorry, lost my place. Okay. Uh, Roddy Piper hits New Jack with a pile driver off the top of the steel steps onto a thumbtacks. Um, Samoa Joe hits an island driver off the middle rope to Jay Briscoe. Um, Sabu hits a springboard somersault leg drop onto a chair to the back of, uh, Eddie Kingston's head and they go through a table. He follows up with a Arabian pile driver on the concrete to New Jack. Roddy Piper takes a uh, guitar from the fans. That's like a fan in the crowd's holding the guitar. He takes it from him and breaks it over Eddie Kingston's head. Um, 
Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault through a table into Samoa Joe. Roddy Piper pulls uh, Sabu off the top rope for a vertical suplex uh, from the apron to the floor. Uh, New Jack goes for a crossbody, but is hit with a capture suplex through a table from Eddie Kingston. Jay Briscoe hits a shooting star press off the ladder onto Sabu. Uh, Samojo locks Sabu in a coquina clutch, but Roddy Piper locks in a figure four on Sabu right after. So they both have their submissions on at the same time. New Jack gets on top of Piper while all this is happening and locks in a mounted guillotine. Uh, while these four struggle with their interlock submissions, Eddie Kingston stumbles in with a tank of gasoline and a book of matches. After emptying the tank on the four of them, Kingston lights a match and drops it, setting all four men on fire. Uh, the four of them rise and roll out of the ring to stop the flames. When Kingston turns around, he gets hit with a J-driller from Jay Briscoe for the pin and the win. That's the end. Is the smell of gas of burning flesh filling <laughs> the air? Jose, could you run that ending back for me? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, uh, Samoa Joe gets Sabu into a coquina clutch. While he's got him in the coquina clutch, Roddy Piper locks in the figure four. So that way, if Sabu taps out, it could be either way. He's trying to he's trying to make Sabu tap out to the full, figure four and have a way to win. Um, New Jack gets on top of Piper and locks in the guillotine, like a mounted guillotine. So they're all four like wrapped together at this point. Eddie Kingston comes in, dumps gasoline on them, and lights them on fire. They break the holds, obviously, and roll out to set off the fire or get rid of the flames. I'm sorry. To not die. Uh, yeah, Kingston stumbled like he's like he's basically out of it. You know what I mean? He's like on on Dream Street. And he turns he stumbles around and when he does, he gets hit with a J driller from Jay Briscoe and Briscoe pins Kingston for the pin or for the win, I'm sorry. And Rot Piper was your champion going in? No, Piper was the he was unifying title. Jay Briscoe was the champion. Okay. So now is Jay Briscoe the double champion? He's he, like yeah, they got they retired the other belt, but yeah, okay. he's just the Intercontinental Champion. Okay, so the the belt Piper won got retired anyways. It was you being unified. Whoever won this match gets the unified titles. Okay, they're not okay. carrying two titles around. They're only going to have one. But it's, so it just unified the titles. Okay, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. So um, the only issues I had were, I feel like. This should have been a triple threat. Like I kind of feel like Kingston, Sabu, and there was a lot. Um, there's one more person. Uh, New, New Jack, Jack didn't feel like they needed to be in this match. It felt That's like it. it should have been just Piper, Joe, and Briscoe. I, I story. Agree with that. The story was all built around those three. Um, and I also think the wrong man won. I think you it should have either been Joe or Piper because you built both of those guys up um yeah in the story so i think you should have had briscoe lose here um okay. overall i think the match was good uh i'm gonna give you a four okay um i agree with what damone said i also think the wrong man won but i think it should have been i think it should have been samoa joe i okay, feel like so- joe was built up i feel like joe was built up the, the best in this um, I did like the spot with the guitar. That was my favorite spot. I was going to start <laughs> chanting, uh, RC dub, RC dub. Um, overall, I liked it. I, I, I do think that there was too many people for no reason. Uh, but okay. people got a payday, but, um, for other than that reason, yeah, it was, it was half, it was double the size it needed to be. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a four. I'm gonna go with four point one five. The one five is for the the uh, 
your guitar shot. Question: Is uh, Natural Born Killers playing the whole time? Yes, the entire time. Okay. Okay. That, that, Does that gives, give me anything. That, that gives me like a ten. <laughs> that, that's important. Uh, also, I just didn't lose anything, but it doesn't give me anything. Well, if you got you would, yeah, it kept, it kept you from losing anything. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm I'm gonna sound like an asshole when I say this. Mike and Damone just gave you a laundry list of problems, and then gave you some high ass scores. I didn't give a laundry list of problems. I said they more said, things they said, that I like. They said two things each. Damone said more than two things. I no, he said, said no, he, he said, said he the said wrong person won, and, one, and there's too many people. The, the, they didn't need the other people. That's, That's only two things. That was each. it. And they, yeah. Mike said the same things. And then they gave me more reasons that they liked it. Right. I yeah. I really I liked it overall. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked just... it overall. I liked how you built up Piper. I liked how you built up Samoa Joe. And I wish one of those two I would have preferred so, one of those two win. If but... Samoa Joe wins, I gotta go into I gotta send my lawyers over to TCW to get more uses of him. Oh, I forgot I have him. You could have had <laughs> You could have had Piper. You could have had Piper win. I RCW would have let you yeah, you TCW. gave me Piper. Dog. I know exactly. Oh, <laughs> and TCW, like, <laughs> TCW, would, TCW would have worked out the deal. I don't have anything for Samoa Joe to do. So, yeah, well. I, I, I agree with everything they said. Plus, uh, the the whole Roddy Piper title unification thing. Not a huge. That one's not a huge deal. But uh, you don't like that, or you do like that? I don't, I don't understand. Like what's that. the? I don't like. I don't like that. Uh, Why? Can you explain? I don't understand. I I feel like. Just Piper's build was slowed down by it. I felt like he had the most compelling build of those three that actually had a chance of winning. Oh, I you're just, saying he should have won? I think yeah. Joe did. I I th- I feel like Joe was very dominant in that build. He was dominant, but he was also dominant in that Samoa Joe. Like I'm gonna get the pop on this. Promo, yeah, but nobody but else seems strong match. enough. Okay. I just felt like he he outshined everybody else in the build, strength wise. Yeah. I, I, it might just be his recent booking of him always doing that and then losing the feud. Um, but I, I'm, I'm rolling with I should have thought Piper should have won that. And their their complaints are a little bit of a bigger deal to me than it was to them, clearly. That's uh, I'm going to give you an extra 10 cents for the New Jack music playing the whole time. Um, essential. Uh, I'm going to go with a 3.6 with that okay. 10 cents included. So I'll take that. Um, I gave you a 3.5. I think the, I, I didn't really like the build. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really care about it, any of it. But, um, the match, the match was good. I do like that. But yeah, I okay. didn't like the build. Okay, cool. He said uh, any of on. it. What'd you say? He said any <laughs> of it. I didn't like any I of it. I know. He, whenever he doesn't like something, he's a dick about it. Like, he's, <laughs> whenever he doesn't like something, he's just like, it was cool. What did he give you? <laughs> At three point five, it like it was how he said it. He was like, he was oh. like, uh, so the bill, I didn't like it. I didn't like any of it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I hated all of it. I didn't like any of it. It was really bad. It was awful. The match was okay, but like, that build was nothing. I hated. You should have just. You should have just not rolled a build. You should have just given. Us yeah, match. I probably got a five. If, I, if, I <laughs> if, it, if, it, if, if there was no build, it's a straight match of that. I would have gave you a five. <laughs> <laughs> I would have given you a point five or no build though. <laughs> I know exactly. That's why I was like, I don't. It's fine. Good. No, I mean, like, so the I mind of Kenny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> so uh, on Livewire, the first week after the last pay per view, 
the models and the Storm Brothers have a good rematch on Livewire, but the end result is the same. After 22 minutes, the models beat the Storm Brothers uh, after an unprettier from Tyler Breeze to James Storm uh, for the pin in the win for the models to retain their titles. Uh, that week on Rebellion, they defend their titles again against Soul Train uh, in a 16-minute match that ends with a beauty shot from Tyler Breeze to Rocky Johnson for the pin in the win. After the match, Soul Man Rocky Johnson removes his boots and leaves them in the center of the ring as he heads back up to the the ramp fighting tears. Uh, Ron Simmons looks confused and worried. He rushes up the ramp to cut Rocky off. Rocky tells him it's over. He can't hang with the best in the world, and that means it's his time to go. Ron Simmons struggles with this for a moment before hugging his friend and then raising Rocky's hand for the crowd to give him one last ovation as Ron Simmons heads back behind the curtains. Uh, that week on Alpha, in a third defense in one week, or fourth defense technically with the pay-per-view, uh, the models defend their tag team titles against Charlie Haas and Taka Michinoku, as well as the Monarchies, Nigel McGinnis, and Volter in a triple threat. The match is a frenetic-paced, chaotic match that lasts uh, 27 minutes. Um, in the end, the Wal- the Wyatt family, I almost said the Walter family, the Wyatt family interferes and takes out Nigel McGinnis and Volter and brawl into the crowd and out of the arena. Tyler Breeze hits Charlie Haas with a beauty shot for the pin and the win to retain their tag titles. The next week on uh, Livewire, the models arrive in their Ferrari and are heading back into the re- or heading into the arena when Kurt Hennig and Paul Orndorff attack them with lead pipes. During the scramble, Daphne attacks Kendall Jenner and throws her into the back of an Escalade. Uh, she then screams for Hennig and Orndorff to get back in the vehicle. Perfectly Wonderful drives away with Kendall Jenner while Tyler Breeze and Rick Martell are left unconscious in the parking lot. Um, that week on Rebellion, Tyler Breeze and Rick Martell come out of the ring and are there furious. Tyler Breeze snatches the microphone and immediately calls out uh, for Perfectly Wonderful. You bastards, bring her back. Bring her back now. I don't care if you want a title shot. You want to take cheap shots at us when our backs are turned. You can tag us with weapons and none of that matters because I know that I've been a slimy son of a bitch in the past. How dare you take her from me? You cowards. You cowards are too scared to face me like men. Too too scared to, uh, to lose like men. Bring me back, Kendall, now. As he says this last sentence, you hear clapping and laughing playing over the PA, and Daphne is seen clapping on the Travitron as perfectly wonderful laugh in the background. Daphne begins to speak. Tyler, 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 calm down. There's nothing wrong with your precious little Kendall. Nothing at all. In fact, Miss Jenner is here right with us right now. The camera pans to Kendall Jenner tied up on a bed with duct tape over her mouth, and you hear her muffled screams as she struggles on the bed. Daphne spins the camera back on her on herself and begins to speak again. <laughs> you boys are so cute when you're angry. But Tyler, this isn't personal. It's just business. We didn't take Miss Jenner to make you angry. We just wanted some collateral. Once you give us what we want, we'll give you what you want. Plus, if you're that worried about Miss Jenner's safety, maybe Miss Jenner should have stayed on reality television and stayed far away from the wrestling world because this is a world where she could get hurt very badly. Daphne stares coldly into the camera before smiling widely and saying, I'm just joking, Tyler. Calm down. Sir, it's all in jest. We simply took Kendall to show you that we're the better wrestlers. With Kendall in our, we'll call it, in our care, we have a better opportunity to force your hand into allowing us to challenge you for the tag team titles. So here's what we'll do. At TakeOver one night only, Kurt and Paul will challenge yourself and Rick for the tag team championship. And at, that, at the, uh, and at the conclusion of that match, Kendall Jenner is all yours. Win or lose. As I told you, this isn't personal. We just wanted to show you how serious of competitors we are. See you soon enough, gentlemen. Daphne places the camera on the bed facing Kendall Jenner as she screams and writhes on the bed. 
Back in the arena, Tyler Breeze is seen throwing a fit and then sprints backstage. The show goes to commercial. Uh, the next week on Livewire, Perfectly Wonderful walks out to the ring to cut a promo, but before they even make it to the ring, the models assault them, and the four men brawl at ringside before security separates them. Uh, the same week on Rebellion, Perfectly Wonderful are seen backstage when Tyler Breeze and Rick Martell attack them. Tyler Breeze continuously screaming, where is she, where is she, you bastards? Producers and agents are able to pull them apart, but Tyler Breeze is still screaming out at the model citizens. So the match... Uh, the fits are Tyler Breeze comes out wearing white biker shorts, white boots with black fur, black fur wrist straps, black knee pads, and cut off Prince Pretty Modeling Agency t-shirt. Rick Martell's wearing white biker shorts, white boots, black fur, black fur wrist straps, black knee pads, and a cut off Prince Pretty Modeling Agency t-shirt with a white bow tie. Kurt Hennig's wearing a red singlet with gold details, uh, black knee pads, black wrist tape, black elbow pads on the right arm. Gold boots with red details, and then a red Letterman jacket with black sleeves and gold accents and writing. Uh, Paul Orndorff's wearing red trunks with gold accents, black knee pads, black wrist tape, gold boots with red accents, and then the same Letterman jacket. Daphne's wearing a red cheerleader crop top and skirt with gold accents, gold thigh-high socks, red sneakers, red ponytail holders to keep her hair and pigtails, and red and gold pom-poms. Kendall Jenner is, is suspended above the ring in a shark cage, wearing the same clothes she was kidnapped in, tied up and duct tape over her mouth. Uh, that's got to be some serious BO at this point. It's I was going to say, she stink. <laughs> she got that gamer stench at this point. <laughs> yeah, but she, they're going to somehow bottle it and sell it to, to all the incels. So. Yeah, she, she smells exactly. like a Discord mod. PTC, we're smart. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to have her take a bath and we're going to ba- bottle that bath water. There you go. Yuck. That would you make a, a lot vial. of money. One vial for a thousand dollars. You'd make a lot of money. Yeah, I know I would. <laughs> um, so the match starts with Tyler Breeze and Kurt Hennig. Breeze opens up with stiff shots to the face, followed by a Thez press and a few more hard right hands to Hennig's face. After a bit of brawling, Hennig gains control with a forearm smash, followed by a swinging knee lift. Hennig then throws Breeze into Perfectly Wonderful's corner, and Hennig and Orndorff take turns tagging in and out while stomping and clubbing at Breeze. <clears throat> Orndorff ends up pulling Breeze out of the corner and then suplexes him right back into the turnbuckle. Orndorff walks over to Rick Martell and Thompson, but when he turns around, he's hit with a supermodel kick, followed by a double knee backbreaker. Breeze makes the tag to Rick Martell, and the model hits the ring. Uh, Martell hits Orndorff with a hip toss and then hits the ropes, connecting with a drop kick to Orndorff. Uh, Martell picks Orndorff up and Irish whips him into the ropes while Hennig tags in without Martell realizing. Martell hits Orndorff with a scoop power slam. Martell gets up, gets up and is fired up, but he turns around into an inverted atomic drop from Kurt Hennig. Hennig then hits a chop block followed by a knee breaker. Hennig then locks in a figure four on Rick Martell as Martell struggles to get to the ropes, but finally does so to force the break, uh, force a rope break. As soon as Hennig realizes the hold uh, or releases the hold, Martell pulls himself to tag in Tyler Breeze. Breeze runs in and hits a tornado DT, followed immediately by a single leg Boston Crab. Orndorff hits a diving forearm to the back of Breeze's head, follow, uh, breaking up the hole. Orndorff pulls Hennig over and tags himself in. He grabs Breeze and hits a double underhook suplex. Uh, a little while later, Orndorff Irish whips Breeze into the ropes and hits a power a scoop power slam, followed by a dancing pointed elbow drop. Orndorff tags in Hennig and Irish whips Breeze, and Perfectly Wonderful hits a double drop kick on Prince Pretty. 
Hennig hits a leg drop on the abdomen of Breeze. Hennig then hits a snapmare followed by a rolling neck snap. Hennig spits his gum out and smacks it into the crowd before turning around and getting hit with a beauty shot from Tyler Breeze. Breeze tags in Rick Martell. Martell comes in hot, hitting Hennig with a spinning spine buster followed by a deadlift gut wrench suplex. Uh, Martell hits a running forearm on Orndorff before jumping over the top rope and hits Hennig with a slingshot splash for a two count. Martell picks Hennig up and hits him with a belly-to-back suplex. A little while later, Martell tags in Breeze and then climbs to the top rope, hitting Hennig with a diving crossbody. Uh, Breeze follows up with a neckbreaker. Later in the match, Breeze gets taken off guard with a Saeed suplex from Orndorff. Uh, Hennig then tags Orndorff. Hold on. I messed up. Sorry. He got a Saeed suplex from Hennig, and then Hennig tags in Orndorff. Uh, and Orndorff continues his assault with a fisherman suplex. Orndorff then climbs to the top rope and dives down for a top rope bionic elbow, but Breeze reverses it with a midair drop kick. Breeze follows up with an implant DDT, followed by a hot tag to Martel. Martel, uh, Martel hits a double underhook suplex onto Orndorff. He then locks in a Boston Crab. Orndorff struggles in the hold for a while, but Hennig grabs a hold of a sleeper on Rick Martel. Martel lets go of the Boston Crab and stumbles around with Hennig on his back. The referee tries to get Hennig to break the hold. Breeze makes a blind tag. Hennig lets go of the sleeper, and Paul Orndorff hits a jumping spike pile driver, and then tags in Kurt Hennig, who hits Martel with a perfect flex and goes for the pin, but the referee won't count as Martel isn't the legal man. Breeze then hits Orndorff with a supermodel kick, uh, sending him off the apron, followed by an unprettier on Kurt Hennig for the pin and the win. I have a question. I'm not ready to rate yet, but sure. Um, did uh the sorry. The Breeze Modeling Agency, I forgot their name. Uh, Prince Brady Modeling Agency. Yes. Did they just yeah. turn face this show? Or did they turn face yes. to the previous show? Okay. This is their they, they were turning face because of the kidnapping and all that. Gotcha. All right. I'll be that back was the catalyst. With, uh, rating and more opinions here in a minute. Okay. Anybody ready? So the kidnapping felt like it was so did they have any matches or any interaction before the kidnapping? No. It just felt like a giant jump. Like you went from nothing to kidnapping. And like I feel like you we needed more character development Didn't even with call him a poopy with, head first or something. <laughs> we just I feel like we needed more like character okay. development with perfectly wonderful. Um like I think you had potential there, but I think you needed to develop they're more more of their character and like more with Daphne and stuff like that. Um, the match with it is good. I'm gonna give you a three. Okay, right. I'm about ready. So um, I agree with the perfectly wonderful sentiment of them need more character development. And like when you said like they're doing a kidnapping and then like oh Daphne's the manager, I thought it was like some like dark kind of gimmick. And then it turned out to be like a bootleg of the Varsity Blondes. <laughs> I was a little bit. Who is the Varsity Blondes? Uh, that's uh Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison that had Julia Hart. They oh, with the Letterman jackets and the cheerleaders. Yeah, band. I forgot they even existed. That that's fair though. Reasonable that's, to that's... forget it existed, but yeah. you get what I mean. How like it goes from like Daphne yeah. and a kidnapping, and then you got like Letterman jackets and cheerleaders. Like it's like yeah, that's a it's kind of nasty. I'm a little bit disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I. I hate to say this about a Tyler Breeze match because I'm a big Tyler Breeze fan, but I'm not feeling a lot of it. She had like three slower, older age, not older age, but like older era style wrestlers in the match. Um, you have the 
gimmick not fully developed. You have the zero to one hundred kidnapping. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. And Breeze's like promo of turning face was super abrupt. Just, I've been bad before, but I'm angry now, so I'm good. I, I was I wasn't yeah fucking, I wasn't fucking with it. So I to be fair, I've been planting seeds about like how much like like he's been he gets mad whenever Kendall Jenner gets involved. Like some like the babyface tries to hurt Kendall Jenner in the in the moments where she interferes and stuff. Like I've been planting that seed from the beginning. Yeah. To lead up to this turn, but I could I guess I could have been more. Yeah, the seeds it. weren't direct enough because I yeah. did not. I didn't even, see the seeds. Even there the was even one time where of heels will get mad when one of their friends gets attacked. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. plant a seed for a face turn. That just shows that he cares about like one of two people he's aligned with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess so. Because it's even like I remember getting points off from Keith on one of the matches where he goes to like super kick someone and they duck and he like stops himself from super kicking her. Yeah. Or stops himself from punching her or something like that. And it was like that was supposed to be like a big deal, but Keith took off points because he didn't hit her. But like that was that was one yeah. of the seeds. He might of like... think this is masterful. <laughs> Who knows? He no, he's yeah. probably not gonna like yeah. it either. Probably. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 gotta, I gotta say it's not like a point five bad or anything like that. But I'm gonna give this a two. I'm not feeling okay. That. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I honestly, John said literally everything I was thinking for real, for real. Um, I'm a little nicer than he was. I I went with a two point seven five. Okay, thank you. But yeah, <laughs> appreciate um, that. I'm at a, I'm at an even three. I just thought it was mid. I did like the kidnapping thing. Thank but, you, Mike. Thank uh, you for rewarding the my creativity. Match was good. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I right. just wish we got more of if, that. Yeah, also, like, so another thing re- about this... Oh. It, go ahead. I just realized that if Perfectly Wonderful does have a gimmick, it's the type of frat boys who roofie people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you have a kidnapping, you got them in, like, that outfit. You got... That's the gimmick. Like, that's all you do. TC do. They listen to Robert watching the Cosby show. They're awful. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Dr. Huxtable did nothing wrong. Who's listening to music and watching sitcoms? That's weird. <laughs> These motherfuckers, that's who. <laughs> watch the R&B music and watching watching a wholesome family show. <laughs> My mind's telling me no. And then Cosby show was like, awful. That's what these motherfuckers were doing. I don't remember what I was going to say now. Yeah, I just, like I said, I just wish we got more character development with, oh. with them before like it just jumped from we yeah. want because it was pretty much just oh yeah they're here and we kidnapped them like they didn't even ask for a match beforehand <laughs> they just showed up start kidnapping <laughs> right <laughs> like at least ask they probably could have just asked permission and gotten the match you know what i mean right. um, yeah but they just skipped so many steps <laughs> yeah. so i will say this is a shorter build like the overall like i only gave myself three weeks in between pay-per-views <clears throat> so that's probably where i fucked up um. All right. <coughs> Let me get my cough out. Uh. So another. So again, the models and this is the first live wire after, um, the last pay per view. This is you just heard this, but I'm gonna say it again because it's important to this match as well. The models and the Storm Brothers have a good rematch on live wire, but the end results are the same. After 22 minutes, the models beat the Storm Brothers after an unprettier from Tyler Breeze on James Storm for the pin and the win. 
for the models to retain their titles. All right, new information now. Excuse me. After the match, James and Lance are in both are in the ring and both look sad and disappointed. After a moment, James shakes his head and says something to Lance and smacks him on the ass and starts to walk away. Lance puts his hand on James's shoulder to stop him. When James turns around, Lance gives him a big hug. After the hug, I was really uh, for a kiss there. <laughs> <laughs> after the hug, Lance holds his brother face close to his own uh, before yes, shoving him yes. back into the rope and nailing him with a super kick. Uh, Lance looks cold and calculated now, a drastic difference from the emotional and defeated looking man that hugged his brother. Lance Storm stomps away at his brother before throwing him to the outside. Lance Storm rolls out of the ring, pulling the protective mat away from the uh, way to expose the concrete floor underneath. And then Lance then grabs his brother, James, and hits a deep impact spike pile driver onto the concrete before walking up the ramp slowly. Uh, that week on Rebellion, Lance Storm walks out to the ring slowly, staring into an abyss of booze from the audience. Storm stands in the center of the ring as booze rains down on him. Storm stares out at the audience coldly before picking up the microphone and beginning his speech. <coughs> he didn't cough. I coughed. I warned you, James. I warned you that your childish, carefree behavior would cost us our titles. I knew you'd be the reason we'd fall. I knew that you wouldn't be able to hold on to even the most minuscule amount of discipline. You were always like this. All you cared about was having a good time. Well, guess what, James? I never had a good time. I spent my entire life trying to be perfect. I spent my entire life trying to be the best. I spent my entire life trying to earn our father's love. And he just gave it to you. It's because you were the baby of the family. I was treated like the redheaded stepchild, even though I'm the firstborn. I was treated like I didn't matter while you were given everything. I had to earn everything I've ever gotten. And you've coasted by being handed all that you have. Our father has always treated me like the black sheep, the outcast, the failure of our family. But I've got news for you, little brother. You're the failure. And you always have been. It was you that lost us our titles. It was you that lost. It was you looking up at me on Tuesday night begging for mercy. But you don't deserve mercy. You didn't deserve those titles. And you don't deserve to be here. At TakeOver One Night Only, I'm going to show everyone that you never deserved any of that, and that you could never, ever beat me in this ring. After TakeOver One Night Only, the world will know I am the only Storm that matters. Storm drops the mic and stares coldly into the camera as the show goes to the commercial. The next week on Rebellion, Landstorm and Nick Aldis have a nice technical match that ends after Landstorm hits a deep impact spike pile driver after nine minutes. Um, as Landstorm walks through the curtain into gorilla position, uh, James Storm comes out of nowhere with a forearm smash, and the two brothers brawl all around the gorilla position until they are separated. On Alpha that week, um, Landstorm and Brian Pillman have a back and forth match that sees Landstorm intercept a Springboard Lariat with a super kick, followed by a deep impact spike pile driver for the pin and the win after seven minutes. Uh, Lance grabs the microphone after the match and says, James, it doesn't matter what you do. Train as hard as you want. Do as many sneak attacks as you want. Do whatever it takes to fool your mind that you have a chance, but you can't fool your heart. And you know in your heart that I'm the only storm that matters. Lance drops the microphone and rolls out of the ring to go uh, to head up the ramp. During the main event segment of Alpha, James Storm is in the ring, sitting on a bar stool wearing jeans, a t-shirt, cowboy boots, and a black cowboy hat. 
All the lights are down except for a single spotlight shining down on the man in the ring with a bottle of beer in his hand. James sits on the stool for a long while, looking down at the canvas as the crowd cheers him. Eventually, the cheers subside, and James still has said nothing. Finally, James Storm looks up, scans the crowd, takes a swig of his beer, then raises the microphone as he begins to speak. I don't have a whole lot to my name, but, you know, I've always thought I've had just what I needed. I thought I thought I had all I needed, but I guess I was wrong. Because where I spent my whole life thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I won't make it to the mountaintop. Maybe I won't have any fancy cars or big mansions with millions in my bank account. Maybe I won't get my name written in history books and have some pretty pretty lady sing a song about me. But one thing I'd always have is what I needed, the love of my own flesh and blood. I thought mom and dad and my brother would love me no matter what, so long as I did my best and I did whatever I could to better myself. I thought no matter what changes life threw at me, the one constant was that my family would be there for me. But again, I guess I was wrong. Now, listen, Lancey, you and I have been fighting for years. That's nothing new. As soon as I could walk, you and you and I were beating the hell out of each other out in the front lawn. So if you're looking for a fight, well, Lancey, I ain't scared to mix it up with you. Now, if you're looking to throw our relationship to the side and never speak again, well, I'm just not willing to do that. So let's focus on where we both agree. We need to get our hands on one another, and we need to let go of this pent-up hostility towards one another. So I got to thinking. You remember what my mama used to do when us do to us when we'd be over, or when you'd be over on summer vacations, and we'd start our bickering and our fighting? She'd take one of daddy's neckties and tie our hands together. We'd have to be tied to each other all day till we could get along. Well, let's see if that still works. Take over one night only. We're going to fight, big brother. We're going to fight. One-on-one in a strap match. See you there. James Storm flips the microphone up and leaves the ring as the show closes. So time for the match. Uh, James Storm comes out wearing white and red trunks, uh, red knee pads, white boots, uh, red armband, uh, white leather duster coat, and a white cowboy hat. Lance Storm comes out wearing white and red tights, white knee pads, uh, white and red boots, and then black elbow pad on his left arm, black wrist tape, and then a white The Only Storm That Matters t-shirt. So the Storm Brothers circle the ring, and Lance goes for an ankle pick, but James dodges it, but answers with a boot to the collarbone. Both men start brawling in the center of the ring, but Lance Storm gets the upper hand. Uh, Landstorm hits a super kick, followed immediately by a German suplex. A little later in the match, Landstorm locks in a sharpshooter, but he also wraps the strap around the throat of his brother, choking the life out of James uh, James Storm before going to touch three of the four corners. Uh, but before he could go get to the fourth, James pulls on the fire on the strap and drags him backwards. James rolls out of the ring and continues dragging Landstorm towards him, but Lance rolls out of the ring on the perpendicular side. Uh, Lance and James have a tug of war, but in the end, James wins. He pulls Lance straight into the steel post, knocking his older brother silly. Storm rolls through the ring into the same side as his brother, and Irish whips him into the steel steps. Later on in the match, James Storm hits a double knee face breaker, followed by a backstabber. <coughs> James goes on to try to touch all four corners, but he, uh, but the first two, or after the first two, Lance Storm hits a leg lariat. Lance grabs James and hits him with a belly-to-back suplex. 
A little later in the match, Landstorm uh, locks in the straight shooter single leg Boston Crab on his younger brother. James reverses it and hits the last call super kick. Uh, James follows up with an eye of the storm. A little while later, uh, James hits a lance with a swinging noose. Later on in the match, uh, Landstorm hits a springboard clothesline on James. As Lance goes to touch all four corners, James Storm uses the strap to pull Lance in for a clothesline. A little while later, James Storm climbs to the top rope, but Lance pushes his feet, making James rack himself on the turnbuckle. Lance then wraps the strap around James' throat, then pushes James off the turnbuckle to the outside. Uh, Lance Storm leans back, using the strap to strangle his brother, using the top rope as a fulcrum. After a few moments, uh, Lance drops the strap, and James crashes to the floor, gasping for breath. James tries to pull himself up to his feet, but Lance hits him with a suicide slingshot crossbody. Uh, Lance then throws James back in the ring and begins trying to touch all four corners. Before he gets to the fourth corner, however, James hits him with a flying forearm out of nowhere. A little while later, as both men work their way to their feet, James hits a neckbreaker on his older brother. Uh, James pulls himself to the top rope and hits uh, Lance with a diving elbow drop. James tries to get all four corners, but Lance stops him in the two brothers' brawl. The brawl ends with a deep impact spike pile driver from Lance to James. Lance collects three of the four corners, but he can't quite reach the fourth because James is using all of his using all of his remaining strength to hold Lance back. Lance comes over and starts stomping on his little brother. Lance uh, looks up at the top and top rope, then back down on his brother. Lance grabs James by the back of the head and drags him to the corner. Uh, Lance hoists James to the top rope and then climbs up after him. Lance then hits his brother with a superplex. The two of them are barely uh, sitting on the ground, but Lance gets to his feet. Lance collects three of the four turnbuckles, but James hits a last call super kick, super kick before he gets to the fourth. James Storm follows up with an eight-second ride bulldog to Lance Storm before touching all four corners to win. All right, so I have a question before you grade this. I have something that would happen. It's directly related to this match, but it would they would need time. Like, they would talk to the commentary for a little bit and he would, they would like do go over what just happened in the match. And then we would see this part. So I, I present like, it now. I feel like you might as well present on If it's all connected, I feel like it should it, all be okay. Is it happening during the match? During the match? Yeah. No, the match is it over. It happens right? before the next match happens. Okay. Uh, and it's not connected to this match. It is connected to this match. Then count it with it. Okay. So after a while, we get go to the backstage where we see James Storm walk backstage uh, to a big ovation from the PTC Babyfaces. Ron Simmons cuts him off and hands him a beer. Nice match. Seems we both got some things in common. We like beer, love to fight, and most importantly, we lost our we both lost our tag partners. What do you say? Want to start tagging? James smirks and kind of laughs to himself before raising his beers and says, "Sounds like like a party to me, Ron." And the two clink their beers together and take a drink. Then Ron Simmons says, Ron is my government name. My friends call me Farouk. That's it. All right. So uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm ready to go. I'm going to say okay. before the ending segment, it was a five. Okay. Uh, I really liked uh, – and this isn't going to tank you that much. It okay. wasn't like abysmal or anything. It was just – yeah. It kind of just sucked a little bit of the gravity out of the moment. Because uh, okay. that was a really good build, especially for three weeks. And that was a really good, like, match idea. I loved, like, the story you put into, like, the reason they're doing a strap match. That's really good. Like, masterful, I'd say. And, at, like, your previous two builds, the promos weren't as good. And this was some of your top-tier promo writing. Um, I 
that moment, like I said, it just took a little bit of the gravity away. So I'm only okay. going to take like 50 cents for that and give you a 4.5. Okay. I'm right there with John. You had a five until that last segment. Um, like I get what you're going for, but I felt like it was unnecessary at that moment. I feel a little you were cowboy shitty. I feel I he's going for um I I thought there might be something that y'all would say I copied, but cowboy shit was not what I thought. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't think of what APA. it's called. APA, yeah. He's going for APA, but except for without JBL, it's James Storm. Cowboy um, is that a cowboy shit? <laughs> um yeah, but I'm at the same spot. Like, I feel like you, sh- if you were going to do that, that would have been better on like a weekly or like way later on in the show. Like, it just felt like it took the gravity of away okay. um, from it, especially with Storm winning. I actually would have, or both are Storms, but I'll say, I with James, <laughs> James winning, I feel like you should have just let that soak in. Um, okay. I'm going to give you a 4.75. Like, I'm not yeah, going to hit you that. as hard as. Um, Mike, stop it! Yeah, it's like uh, you're fucking blinding us, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, four point seven five. Like I said, you would have had a five, but I feel like you should take that. If you took that part away, you would have had yeah. a five. All right, food for thought for me, Mike. Mike, Kenny. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I like it all till the end. I I didn't I I didn't hate with that and represented. I, I didn't like how the end was played out. I didn't I, okay. I didn't feel natural. It just didn't feel natural. And that could have just been the way it was presented, but it, it yeah. It it didn't feel like it's not gonna take it. Everything else was good. Um I'm gonna go with a four and a half. Okay. It's not even about just the way it's presented. It's just if you really sat there and watched somebody they fighting for their life against their brethren and they just go backstage, he's like, Hey, you wanna be a team? Like what what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? All right, it's just kind of random. Um, yeah, I'm at a four point five as well. Okay, I'll take it. I'm not. I'm not mad at four point five. <laughs> Did they go to the dusty spoon? Man, really fumbled. <laughs> That's not what it's called. Five. <laughs> the rusty spoon. The rusty spoon. The mean, dirty spoon. He still got dirty spoon. Dirty spoon. Right, yeah, the dirty spoon. <laughs> What'd you say, John? I said you fumbled the unanimous five. You still got a good score, but like everybody would have given you a five. <laughs> it's fine. That's like one of those things that doesn't hurt that bad, but it stings, you know? Or it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the thing is, the thing that's funny is I thought about putting that here or putting that later in the show. And obviously I should have put it later in the show. Honestly, I wouldn't have put it on the middle sh- net. If you had the option, I wouldn't have put it on the show. It would have tag- if anything, I would have put it on the next, the, the following weekly. I know you're so probably the, not doing a weekly, but that means it would be into the next. Doing it in do a separate segment month. on this show would have been worse, actually, because then you wouldn't okay. have the match keeping it up to a four point. It's it definitely would, that by itself would have gotten rated way worse. That would have probably okay. gotten like a two. I think it just it, it would have been better as like a random weekly, like a, a weekly yeah. segment or a build segment. I feel you. I just I didn't know how to set it up in a weekly versus like. I get what you're saying now. I, it literally I, would have been the same thing. Out. It could have been the same thing, just well, it could have ma- come out after the match. And okay, well, you could do it backstage. You do it backstage. Is you... it, my question is: Your next week, you like your weekly going to be? Is your next one's your weekly, right? Yeah. Is it going to yeah. be directly after this pay per view, or is there going to be space? So it's you could have done it in that week behind, it. like in that in between week, you could have done it. Yeah, you could have done That's a fair. small segment backstage or something. Yeah. That's fair. Or like a promo. Uh, <laughs> 
what's name would be given a pro James Thorne be given a promo and then Fruit comes out and talks to him. That, that's that's, that's how I I just, in my head I had I imagine him coming back to like everybody cheering him on and being all happy for him and then Ron Simmons like cuts comes to the crowd and yeah, you, like, I, mean, I think you still could have done it. You, I mean, damn. I still think you could have. I should have done damn. You could have done a. <laughs> you just could have done it as a segment on a weekly. That's fair. No, beat, I, I see what you, you guys are saying. You beat the shit out of your brother. Damn. And, and I think on a weekly, it would have gotten better rather than it being a separate segment on here. Even. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um. Um. Are, anything else? No, Listen, that's it. Is giving Did everybody give me my ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so <coughs> shit on the first week of um live wire after the pay-per-view scott hall and muhammad Hassan have a back and forth match the last 27 minutes uh scott hall reverses the tower drop from muhammad Hassan and hits him with a razor's edge as he goes for the cover cm punk pulls him out of the ring and starts attacking him uh the two men brawl at ringside and the referee calls for the bell for a disqualification victory for scott hall CM Punk gains the advantage and hits Scott Hall with the GTS and stands over him screaming as the show goes off air. Um, that has more to do with Muhammad Hassan than Scott Hall, just so you guys know. That match just happened to be there. Uh, we'll get to Scott Hall later. So in Rebellion, Gregory Helms uh, walks out to the ring uh, for a promo. Muhammad Hassan, I've spent the last few weeks trying to tear down your asylum brick by brick. But the problem is, for every one brick I took, Three more were replaced. I spent my whole life telling myself that nobody could outwork me. Therefore, one-on-one, nobody could beat me. The problem is, I'm only one guy going to war against three. No matter how hard I fight, I can't beat three men all by myself. So how do I... Three men can hold you down. What'd you say? I said three men can hold you down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so how do I try to combat those odds? How do I win when it's three on one? I can't. So I have to even the odds. I have to find a way to take control of this game. Well, when you're in trouble, you look in your heart. You look for your family. You look to the Omega. As Gregory Helms finishes the sentence, the lights go down and a green filter covers the arena as a remix to Three Counts theme song plays and out walks Shannon Moore. And then the green filter becomes a flashing rainbow lights and the song No More Words fills the arena and Jeff Hardy walks out doing his air hump. The two men join Gregory Helms in the ring and Gregory Helms continues his speech. Looks like we have one, two, three, three guys now. Funny. Just the number we're looking for. Muhammad Hassan and take over one night only. It'll be Asylum versus Omega. Get ready for war because I've been ready for a long time. Uh, the next week on Livewire, Jeff Hardy goes one-on-one with Muhammad Hassan. Uh, this, during the singles match, it lasts nine minutes. In the end, Muhammad Hassan finishes Hardy with a tower drop for the pin and the win. <coughs> uh, that week on Rebellion, Shannon Moore and Gregory Helms have a tag team match against Nikita Koloff and Rusev that lasts nine minutes. In the match, the match ends after Gregory Helms and Shannon Moore hit countdown on Nikita Koloff for the pin and the win. Um, the next week on, on I'm sorry, on Livewire, uh, Muhammad Hassan and Asylum make their way to the ring, and Hassan speaks to Omega. Gregory Helms, you have become, become a thorn in my side. You went from a minor irritation to an infection that makes my life a living hell. What is your fascination with me? Twice we've shared the ring, and twice you've come up short. 
What more do you want from me? You really believe that the third time's the charm. You believe what happened twice won't happen a third time because you found an e-boy junkie and an all-American idiot willing to bleed for you. What do you think you gain by bringing your garage band to a war? What do you think you gain by allowing your friends to die for you? What do you gain by sacrificing your comrades for your own selfish needs? You're walking into battle against warriors. And you chose to grab two high school dropouts that used to stand outside of corner stores with like Jay and Silent Bob. Fine, Gregory. Fine. Just know your friend's blood isn't on our hands. Their demise rests solely on your shoulders. <laughs> Mike showing off his, his shirt. I just need to point out that I randomly decided to wear a, a Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> t-shirt this week instead of a T13 media shirt. How funny. John decided to wear a uh, Shannon Moore shirt instead of a one three shirt. <laughs> if a Shannon Moore shirt existed, I'd cop. <laughs> they don't have Dilligaff shirts. Oh damn, that, that actually might be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the book is Dilligaff. Does it look like I give a fuck? Ah, find um, some good fucking literature. <laughs> so on Rebellion, Muhammad Hassan has a singles match against Charlie Haas. Last uh, for nine minutes, before Muhammad Hassan puts him down with a tower drop for the pin in the win. On Alpha, uh, the last show before the pay-per-view, um, the Monarchy and Omega have a six-man tag match uh, that only lasts nine minutes. The match ends when Asylum hits the ring to attack Omega. Uh, the, the Monarchy helps the onslaught, and then the Wyatt family comes out to make the save, and all 12 men brawl in the ring as security has to come out and separate everybody. All right, time for fits. Oh, in case you didn't know, it's Asylum versus Omega. <laughs> Uh, black biker shorts, or Muhammad Hassan comes out with black biker shorts with his logo, black knee pads with designs, and his black boots, black wrist tapes, and a black kefia. Uh, Rusev is wearing black high-waisted shorts and black ankle wraps. Nikita Koloff is coming in with uh, black no-leg singlets, uh, black knee pads, and black boots. Gregory Helms is wearing white cargo pants, black boots, black elbow pads, and black wrist tape. Shannon Moore has long blonde hair, white cargo pants, black boots, black hand and wrist wraps. Then Jeff Hardy comes out with short blonde hair, a black tank top, white cargo pants, black boots, white and black armbands. Uh, okay, so spots. The match starts with Nikita Koloff and Shannon Moore. Koloff takes control as soon as the bell rings with a big boot. Koloff hits Moore with a fallaway slam, followed immediately with a scoop, lifted, scoop lift inverted DDT, then a tag to Rusev. Koloff holds up more up, and Rusev hits him with a roundhouse kick before propping him up in the corner. Rusev walks to the center of the ring, then sprints to the corner, hitting a somersault senton on the Moore. Uh, Rusev then grabs Moore and hits a swinging side slam before tagging Koloff back in. Koloff puts Moore up for a Canadian rack toss, but Moore drops down and pushes Koloff into Asylum's corner and makes a hot tag to Gregory Helms. Gregory Helms jumps to the top rope and hits a diving crossbody on Koloff. Helms follows up with an inverted double hook DDT. Um, to Koloff, uh, Rusev runs in the ring, but Helms hits him with a hurricane rod that sends Rusev to the outside. But as Helms turns around, Hassan hits him with a clothesline. Hassan picks Koloff off the ground and screams at him to tag him in. After the tag is made, Hassan grabs Helms and hits a back suplex backbreaker. Hassan kicks at the head of Helms while he's on the ground as he yells at Hardy and Moore on the apron uh, before throwing Helms in the, into the corner and tagging Rusev in. Rusev hits a bullplex on Gregory Helms before laying into him, him with some vicious stomps. Rusev tags in Koloff and Irish whips Helms. 
Koloff intercepts uh, Helms with a Soviet sickle lariat, turning Helms inside out. uh, Koloff goes for the pin, but Moore makes a save. um, But Koloff makes him pay by hitting him with an iron curtain modified chokeslam. But when Koloff turns around, Helms hits hits him with a shining wizard, followed immediately by a single knee face breaker. Helms hits a hot tag to Jeff Hardy. Helms hits a nightmare on Helm Street on Dekola, followed immediately by a swanton bomb from Jeff Hardy. Helms and Moore hit flying forearms on Rusev and Hassan, sending him to the ground. Hardy goes for the pin, but at two and a half, Koloff military presses him into the air, making Hardy face plant onto the canvas. Koloff grabs Hardy and hits a, sli- a side belly-to-belly suplex, followed immediately by deadlifting Hardy up and nailing an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Koloff then stumbles to his corner, clearly still affected by the two finishers he took. He take, uh, makes a tag to Rusev, but at the same time, Hardy tags in Shannon Moore. Rusev hits Moore with a spinning wheel kick, followed by a standing diving headbutt. Uh, Rusev puts Moore in the accolade, and Moore screams out in pain. Helms breaks up, uh, breaks the hold with a shining wizard. Uh, Helms then drags Moore to the corner and makes a tag, but Hassan tags in as well. The two men brawl in the center of the ring until Gregory Helms uh, gains momentum and hits a vertebraker. A little later in the match, Hassan takes control with a low blow followed by a single arm DDT. Hassan hits a finishing touch, inverted standing elbow drop on Helms and goes for the pin. But before the three count, uh, Hassan lifts the hand of Helms. Hassan Irish whips Helms into the Omega's corner and tells either Moore or Hardy to tag in. Hardy tags in and gets in the ring. Hassan goes for a test of strength, but as soon as Hardy locks in, Hassan kicks him in the gut and hits a face smasher STO. A little late, while later, Hassan goes for the tower drop on Hardy, but Hardy reverses it into a sit-out gourd buster, followed by a midsection leg drop. Hardy Irish whips Hassan in the corner and tags in Shannon Moore. Moore gets on all fours in front of Hassan, and Hardy hits poetry in motion. Uh, Moore then climbs to the top rope, and him and Hardy hit Omega event, which is a diving guillotine leg drop from Moore and a leg drop to the groin by Hardy. Shannon Moore climbs to the middle rope and uh, sizes, sizes Hassan up for a morgasm. As Hassan stumbles to his feet, Moore hits it. Uh, Shannon goes uh, for the move, but Koloff runs in the ring to stop him. Helms intercepts Koloff, but the referee stops the count to clear the ring. Shannon Moore stands up and is hit immediately by a machka kick from Rusev. Uh, Hassan gets to his feet and hits Shannon Moore with a full Nelson leg sweep face buster, following by, followed by a stalling vertical suplex transition into a sit-out powerbomb. Uh, Hassan covers Shannon Moore for the pin in the win. After the match, Helms and Hardy roll into the ring and Asylum starts jumping them. Shortly after, uh, Shannon Moore clears the ring with a steel chair at hand. Helms, Hardy, and Shannon Moore are in the ring standing tall when Shannon Moore takes Jeff Hardy's head off with a chair shot, followed by running Morgasm on a Gregory Helms. Shannon Moore takes the chair and repeatedly smashes it over Gregory Helms' body as he screams out that he had the match won and Helms lost in the match. Shannon Moore ends the segment standing over the carcasses of his friends and tag team partners. All right, I'm ready. So, okay. um, I had some thought. I have a thoughts collected about this match before you did that after the match. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go with those thoughts, and then I'm gonna get my thoughts on the segment afterwards. Okay. Um, so with like the original match, I did see quite a bit of missed opportunity. Uh, you got a six man tag, and without some like prior explanation, video package, or commentary notes, the connection between the three. Uh, between Helms, Moore, and Hardy isn't going to make as much sense. Now, three-count reunion, that shit would have been busting. Um, so I, I feel like there's a missed opportunity there. I like it, so, but I to, didn't love it quite as much as I would have so, liked three-count. 
Okay, that's fair. So just to, I don't want to like cut you off. I want to explain yeah. that point there. Obviously, that's going to get explained through commentary, but I'm not going to give you every yeah. time commentary speaks on something. Gotcha. And, and it's like, I know you four don't need me to explain that to you. So yeah. therefore, I felt like I was giving you pertinent information. All right, that, that's a valid point. Uh, I still would have rather had three count, so that point stands. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I, I would have way more fun with that, especially in a six-man tag, because I don't even know if those three have ever really even tagged before. Uh, Probably in Omega, when they were... <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have wanted that team to win, but I get why they didn't, because one's yeah. not like all your talent, and two, um, you're obviously building the Hassan group. Yeah. Uh, lastly, mm-hmm. uh, I really did not like that ending to it. Uh, okay. The Shannon Moore heel turn was weird, and like... Uh, the man eating the pin, getting mad at everybody else, is also weird. Um, I, I I just didn't. Well, it's it's he had Muhammad Hassan pinned, and then Gregory Helms ran in and got the mm-hmm. thing. That's the that's the vision. Yeah. That you're seeing, and and I also think that Shannon Moore is a better heel than he is a babyface. I think it. I I don't know. That one's kind of close call. I think he's competent at both, but yeah, he can draw sympathy better than heat. Um, I want to like this more than I did. Okay. I'm trying to put my number up, put my finger on the right number. I'm going to call this three and a quarter. Like, okay. this was a little bit above mid, but not much. The build was kind of meh for me. It was kind of just there. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Hassan's group, I like, something feels like it's missing. I don't know what it is, but... It feels like something's missing with them. And then, like, the match, I think, was good. Um, I do agree with the points about him turning at the end. It felt forced. Like, you just wanted to do a heel turn just to do a heel turn. Um, I'm going to give you a three. Okay. Honestly, this was lower mid for me. Um, It was just, I mean, yeah, I... It felt like you had a build because you had to have a build. Yeah. Um, <laughs> done it the kitty way. <laughs> like the match was there before the build. It just felt. Yeah. I mean, I'm going with the two and a half. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I I honestly said the same thing Mike said. I was like, it just felt like he just had to do a build and just gave us one random one. Gave okay. us generic story part three. And then just do it out there. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Demar, right. what, what's, your, what's your score again? Just a straight three. Very okay. True mid. Hopefully that's the lowest match I got. Nothing wrong with little mid. I mean, if it keeps it up, you're going to be number one for sure this week. Um. So. All right. So on Rebellion, the first week after the pay-per-view, Jamie Noble comes out to the ring. Um. He looks furious. I've spent months now trying to be the hero you deserve, but you keep booing me. I'm the best wrestler on the planet, and you don't deserve me. None of you deserve me. PTC doesn't deserve me. Primetime Travis T doesn't deserve me. Time after time after time, I proved I am the best in the world, but yet PTC screwed me time after time after time out of the Cruiserweight title. Preach. At, 
At TakeOver, Seek and Destroy, Justin Tiger tapped out. At TakeOver, fully loaded, Todd Justice stole that title from me. That was my match. That was my shot. That was my opportunity. But yet again, Travis D stuck his big nose in my business and took my one-on-one opportunity away. Do you call him Ty? Todd. Todd? Todd Justice. <laughs> and, and Justin Tiger. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I deserve a shot at a title one-on-one, and each and every single one of you know it. So since primetime, Travi T, and PTC won't let me have it, I'll go find a title shot somewhere else. Jamie Noble tosses the mic and leaves the ring. (coughs) All right, so at Neo Genesis Pro Wrestling Proving Ground, uh. It opens up with a BBW workhorse champion, Brian Cage, defending his title against Shane Mercer. Uh, the match is a great mix of high-flying and powerhouse battling. The match reaches its high point when Jamie Noble appears from the crowd with a steel chair and smashes it over the head of Brian Cage and then Shane Mercer. Noble repeatedly smashes the chair over Brian Cage until the security hits the ring and Noble flees. Uh, that Tuesday on Livewire, Jamie Noble walks out to the, on the Livewire to speak. I told you. I told each and every single one of you. If PTC ain't going to treat Jamie Noble good, well, then Jamie Noble's going to treat himself real good. I said I was going to go out there and find myself an opportunity, and boy, oh boy, did I find myself an opportunity. Brian Cage, I'm coming for you, boy. (laughs) That work house title is coming home with Jamie Noble, baby. As he says this, Brian Cage attacks Noble from behind and is just assaulting him all around the ring and ringside area. Until Shane Mercer's music hits and he runs out to make the save. Mercer and Cage brawl until the security comes out and separates them. Uh, on Alpha that week, Shane Mercer makes his official PTC debut against Mike Quackenbush. The two have a stellar match that ends with Shane Mercer hit, uh, hitting the tomb salt on, um, on him after nine minutes. Damn, you, you should have had that be on the card. I know, I was just thinking about how, how fire that match would be. <laughs> Um, so Ariel Hawani interviews, uh, Shane Mercer and Travi T on the MMA hour. Uh, he has them on for a short segment where Travi T announces that he has signed Shane Mercer to a short-term deal with PTC and that Travi T is a secured sanctioning from Big Baller Wrestling's Mark Cuban and LeVar Ball to have Brian Cage defend the BBW Workhorse Championship against Shane Mercer and Jamie Noble at TakeOver Fully Loaded in the O2 Arena in London, England. Uh, that week on Alpha, Brian Cage and Simon Dean come to the ring, and Simon Dean begins to talk. As you may have heard on that governs over Brian Cage and the Workhorse Championship is the Simon System. Now, if PTC wants to gain the services of Brian Cage to bolster pay-per-view sales for TakeOver one night only, that can be arranged. But you will have to pay the price. And it also won't be against the two men you named as challengers. Shane Mercer is 0-2 against Brian Cage. There's no reason for him to receive another title shot. And Jamie Noble is clearly an inbred backwoods lunatic. And the behavior he resorted to at NGPW Proving Ground 
should not be rewarded. Now, I think if you're willing to pay our $500,000 a match asking price, I think that a good opponent for Brian Cage from the PTC roster might be Charlie Haas. Charlie is an underdog. Everybody loves an underdog story. Before Simon Dean can say anything else, Shane Mercer's music fills the arena and out he comes. Mercer gets in the ring and begins speaking to Cage. Cage and Dean. Look, Simon, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to him. Mercer stares into the eyes of Brian Cage. Brian, you and I have had some wars in that ring. Our last match didn't get to have a finish because Jamie Noble came out and attacked both of us with a steel chair. Brian, you never gave me the impression of a man that's scared of a fight or a man that wants to leave his business unsettled. So let's be honest. Our last match, I was this close to taking that title away from you. You back out of this match tomorrow night, I'll know you. I'll know you know you can't beat me again. But I also know you're scared to fight like a man. Oh, and one other thing. Whether you show up or not, that BBW Workhorse Championship is on the line. So defend or vacate, Brian. Simon Dean goes to say something, but Brian Cage puts his hand on the mic and then pushes Simon Dean back as he, he and Mercer are nose-to-nose staring intensely. The stare-down is broken up by Jamie Noble, who sm- smashes both men with a steel chair. Noble lays waste to Mercer, Cage, and Dean. Noble then stands tall with the BBW Workhorse Championship to end the segment. So the triple threat... As uh, Brian Cage versus Shane Mercer versus Jamie Noble for the BBW Workhorse Championship. Uh, Brian Cage comes out wearing half purple, half silver gear with black designs and writing. Uh, Simon Dean's wearing a purple short sleeve track suit with white and purple track shoes. Shane Mercer's wearing red trunks with black trim and black designs, black knee pads, black boots, black hand and wrist tape, and then black forearm bands and then black bicep bands. Uh, Jamie Noble's wearing denim shorts, black knee pads, black boots, white hand and wrist tape, and then black elbow pads. All right, so the match. As soon as the bell rings, Brian Cage grabs Jamie Noble and cracks him with a huge European uppercut before throwing Noble on his shoulders to go for an F5. Mercer jumps in, however, with a super kick to Cage, sending him stumbling back, and Noble dumps over the the ropes to the outside. Mercer grabs Cage and nails him with a suplex power slam. Cage stumbles to his feet as Mercer leaps to the top rope and then dives down, hitting Cage with a leg drop bulldog. Uh, Mercer then hits a springboard elbow drop onto Cage. A little later on in the match, Mercer is on the top rope. Jamie Noble hits a springboard avalanche Frankensteiner. Noble follows immediately with a single arm DDT on Mercer, followed by a Fujiwara armbar. Later on in the match, Brian Cage finally gets hold of Jamie Noble, hitting him with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Cage then hoists Noble up for a deadlift powerbomb backbreaker. Cage follows up by again deadlifting Noble up and spinning, sprinting corner to corner for a running powerbomb. Uh, Cage grabs Noble and hits a release German suplex, tossing him three quarters of the way across the ring. Cage picks Jamie Noble up and hits him with a double powerbomb before hitting a buckle bomb. Cage roars out to the crab, crowd as he grabs uh, Noble and Beal throws him up and over the top rope into the outside. So Beal throws when he like grabs him by the chest and just fucking tosses him. Uh, Brian Cage now turns his attention to Shane Mercer, who's lying on the apron. Cage climbs to the middle rope and deadlifts Shane Mercer into the su- into a suplex back into the middle back into the ring. Uh, Cage grabs Mercer from the mat and hits a stalling vertical suplex after he marches around the ring with Mercer's body. Cage puts Mercer on onto the top rope before climbing up with him. Both men on the top rope. Cage puts Mercer in place for a superplex. 
but he stalls doing five squats on the top rope before finally hitting the superplex. Cage goes for the pin, but Mercer kicks out at the last second, enraging Brian Cage. Uh, Cage pulls Mercer back to his feet and goes for a powerbomb, but Mercer reverses it into a single knee facebreaker. Mercer hits the Diablo driver, which is a Samoan drop power slam combo. Um, on to Brian Cage for a two count. A little later on, uh, Mercer climbs the middle rope and then pulls Cage up with him, nailing Cage with the middle rope pile driver. Mercer goes for the pin, but Noble pulls him out of the ring and connects with a head scissors takedown into the steel steps. Noble continues to stomp and attack Mercer. Mercer and Noble begin to brawl on the outside, and Brian Cage hits a springboard suicide double jump moonsault onto both men. Um, Cage immediately pops up and starts bashing his fist into the skull of Jamie Noble before hitting him with an apron powerbomb. Cage then hits Mercer with a Weapon X reverse STO on the ramp. Cage throws Mercer from the floor up and over the top rope into the ring and then climbs to the top rope. Cage dives down and hits Mercer with a five-star elbow drop. Cage signals the end before pulling Mercer up into a stalling suplex. He holds it for what seems like ages before transitioning into a tombstone pile driver in the center of the ring. It's all over. One, two, kick out just before the three. Brian Cage can't believe it. He pulls uh, Mercer up and slaps him in the face a few times before Irish whipping him into the ropes. As Mercer rebounds back to the center of the ring, he reverses Cage with a moonsault fallaway slam. Mercer picks Cage up and um, throws him into the corner. Uh, Mercer hoists Cage up to the top rope, and then Mercer climbs to the middle rope. Mercer puts Cage in a tombstone position and hits a tombstone on the cage, on Cage, not on the cage. Going for the pin immediately, one, two. Again, Jamie Noble pulls him out of the ring, but this time smacks him in the face with the BBW workhorse title. Noble rolls in the ring and hits a swing, a sling blade underhook swinging neckbreaker on Brian Cage and goes for the pin. One, two, three. Jamie Noble has won the BBW Workhorse Championship. Five. Demo's over here. Cheers. <laughs> and I refuse to elaborate. <laughs> Thank you. As soon as I looked up and Demo's, I was like. <laughs> You're welcome, right. everybody. This is my five, too. <laughs> so you're giving me a five? Um, I'm not sure yet. Let me think about it a little bit more. Okay. I'm thinking about the build. Uh, I like the outcome. but I like the winner. I, I I was all right on the build. I I want to tell you it's a five, but it's it's more like a 4.5 for me. Okay. I'll take a 4.5. <laughs> I ain't never going to be mad at a 4.5. What you got, Kenny? Um, I, I don't think it's a five. I think it was, uh, I'll go to four. I'll go to four. I'll take a four too. I am out of the four. I, I'll, I'll kind of sit in the middle on this one. Four and a quarter. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't think it was perfect in the build, but I like the outcome. That's fair. Is there? Can anybody give me some feedback as what they didn't like? Uh, <laughs> Not you, Damone. You you can just stay silent. I appreciate it, you. It was more. <laughs> I love was, Jamie Noble. He, <laughs> actually, I lied. You know, I forgot who I said was my favorite character. It's probably it's between Doink and Jamie Noble. <laughs> so it wasn't anything I was like outright mad at. It was just like it wasn't the most compelling build ever. And okay, the yeah. only the only thing that was even like a slight logical flaw was that like Shane Mercer was able to declare that title's on the line, drop it to another company's talent or show up. <laughs> he does not have that authority. <laughs> like, well, it was implied it was being implied that like BBW can't even get Brian Cage to go to those conditions. <laughs> like Shane Mercer definitely can't. Like <laughs> it was being implied that there was it was they were gonna strip him if he doesn't. 
Yeah, but as we saw in the last BBW <laughs> with that title, they don't got that matter. kind of teeth on them. <laughs> that, that was the logistical flaw I had. Yeah, that's fair. And to be fair, I don't know, like, I can't remember all of your, like, ins and outs of your stuff. So, like, that that's a definitely a was a major story point in that build is that they just couldn't control the whole Brian Cage. Well, I situation. understand that, but I don't remember your builds that well. That's what I'm saying. Fuck I don't remember it. anybody's builds that well. <laughs> I don't expect you guys to remember my builds that well. Valid. Uh, so everybody graded. We're good. Yeah, everybody graded. <coughs> All right. <coughs> so at <coughs> fuck. I know. We're just over here waiting, like. (laughs) (laughs) At Neo Genesis Pro Wrestling Proving Ground, Scott Justice defenses. What? I've said this probably 15 times already tonight. (laughs) Neo Genesis. Say it again. It's Neo Genesis Pro Wrestling, and the show was called Neo Genesis (laughs) Evangelion. That's just as bad as the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> no, well, it might be as bad as that, but it's not as bad as Guild. I'm not. I'm not going for that. It's close. That it's, it's close. It's close. You got a Guild. You got a Genesis. <laughs> uh, you are both some nerds. I want to shove y'all both in lockers. Um. So Scott Justice defends his PDC Cruiserweight Championship against SA Rios in a singles match. Uh, Scott Justice and SA Rios have a back and forth match lasting 12 minutes. The match climaxes after. Scott Justice hits a diving diamond cutter to the outside and is just able to get in the ring to beat the 10 count to retain his title. Remember, this is NGBW, not PTC, so they have a 10 count. Um, on Livewire, the second week after the my last pay-per-view, uh, Jay Briscoe and the Intercontinental Champion Jay Briscoe goes one-on-one with the new Cruiserweight Champion in a singles match lasting 18 minutes. Uh, towards the end of the match, Scott Justice goes for a super kick, but Jay Briscoe ducks underneath it and Justice hits the referee. He's in shock as to what happened. He turns around and gets hit with a clothesline that sends both men to the outside. The two champions brawl for a while until Jay Briscoe hits a Jay Driller on the outside. Briscoe celebrates with the crowd before grabbing uh, Justice and heading to heading back to the... Hold on, I lost mine. And heading back to the ring, but then Samoa Joe comes out of nowhere and blasts Jay Briscoe with a savat kick. Joe beats the hell out of Jay Briscoe and leads him through the crowd. The referee finally gets up and sees both men down. And on the outside, he begins to count just before he gets to 17. Scott Justice pulls himself up to the apron and rolls in the ring. Jay Briscoe never makes the count. Scott Justice wins by count out. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Tiger Mask on uh, Rebellion. Daniel Bryan and Tiger Mask have a, have a competitive dream match lasting 21 minutes on Rebellion. The match ends when Daniel Bryan reverses the Tiger suplex into a label lock for the submission win. On the final NGPW pay-per-view, One Last Dance, uh, Santos Escobar and Scott Justice um, unify the NGPW and PTC Cruiserweight Championships. Uh, So Santos Escobar and Scott Justice have a back-and-forth match that lasts 14 minutes. The match facilitates a double turn where Santos Escobar becomes the endearing babyface and Scott Justice becomes a slimy heel. The match concludes with Scott Justice nailing Santos uh, Escobar with the ring bell while Kaya March... Uh, distracts the referee. Scott Justice then rolls back into the ring and unifies the title by countout victory. After the match, the referee hands Scott Justice both belts as the crowd just rains booze down on him. Scott Justice holds the PTC championship up in the air as the NGPW belt uh, just dangles from his opposite hand down past his waist. Scott Justice gets out of the ring and heads back up the ramp, but stops by the announce desk. Soaks in the booze as he slowly looks around, and he then drops the NGBW belt into the trash can and continues backstage. 
uh, on the go home live wire. Dale Bryan comes out to a standing ovation from the crowd to open the show. I got to say, it's a little weird to come out here and talk to you guys and not have the Cruiserweight title around my waist. I've spent the better part of the last three years with that belt, and something about the way it all ended just didn't sit right with me. I don't know. I just feel like I might not have lost the title in a match where I had to be pinned or submitted. I think this business is full of warriors and opportunists. That match was built for opportunists, and I'm a warrior. Scott Justice, you are an opportunist. Where I lust for the blood and the bruises and the pain of going head-to-head with the toughest sons of bitches this world could produce, you would rather capitalize on any opportunity you can grab. Use the opportunity of having Diamond Dallas Page getting you into the Elevation X match at the last moment. You came in as a complete unknown. You allow everyone in the match to kill themselves and then capitalize on that opportunity to grab the belt. At this point, I'm not mad at you for it. At this point, I'm not mad that you won. You did it fair and square, so I wasn't mad at you. I was disappointed with myself. But then I saw exactly what you were. A coward. You accept any victory that comes your way. It doesn't have to be by pin or submission. You're happy with a count out, a disqualification. Hell, you probably fake an injury just to get another tally in the win column. You cheated S.A. Rios. You cheated Jay Briscoe. You cheated Santos Escobar. But you can't cheat me, Scott Justice. At TakeOver one night only, it's me and you one-on-one and I'm going to kick your head in and make you tap out. Just as he says this, smells like Team Spirit fills the arena and out walks Scott Justice, Kaya March, and Diamond Dallas Page. Ooh. Scott, what? Uh, I hate they come out that smells like Team Spirit. That's Diamond Dallas Page's uh, theme song. Is it? Yeah. WCW did ass had those rights? Yeah. No. They, uh, no. They, so they did not have the rights. <laughs> they, it, it, they, it's... So, it's it smells like Team Spirit, thing, but it's but... not smells like So team, it's like, like it's... the Tommy Dreamer man in the box situation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. where you change it just enough just that you can't get okay. well, I didn't, I'll tell you what. I, don't watch doing, any, I didn't watch any WCW. Nirvana so. smells like Team that. Spirit. PTC owns those rights. I did not know that DDP came out to that. That's that's nasty. Yeah. Um, Shit, now I lost my place. Okay. Scott Justin smirks at Daniel Bryan from the stage before he begins to speak. A coward, Daniel. I tried to do an Aussie accent. I don't think I can do it, though. (laughs) A coward. That's what I am. A coward. Pathetic. You lost. Get over it. You lost just like S.A. Rio lost, just like Jay Briscoe lost, just like Santos Escobar lost. I won every single one of those matches. I am the victor. The history books don't care how you won. They just care that you won. So why should I think any differently? As long as history knows that I am the man that ended the historic reign of Daniel Bryan, well, that's good enough for me. But Daniel, you want a chance at my title? At TakeOver one night only? You got it, mate. But after I beat you again, you will never challenge me for this title again so long as I am the champion. Daniel uh, Bryan responds, I don't need another shot because on Sunday... I'm going to take that title back to where it truly belongs. Travi T comes on the Travi Tron and talks to both men. Gentlemen, I love the enthusiasm here. At TakeOver one night only, Scott Justice will defend his Cruiserweight Championship against Daniel Bryan. But if Daniel Bryan loses, he won't be able to challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship so long as Scott Justice is the champion. But that's not until Sunday. Tonight, Scott Justice and Daniel Bryan will be tag team partners against the Flock. As a matter of fact, that match will be next. 
Uh, so Scott Justice and Daniel Bryan versus I wonder Austin if they coexist. You said what? Uh, I did the. I wonder if they'll be able to coexist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tag team match lasts 18 minutes and sees Daniel Bryan do most of the work uh, as the flock cuts in the ring in half and beats Bryan down. As Daniel Bryan makes his comeback, he goes for the hot tag, but Scott Justice drops off the apron. Daniel Bryan can't believe it. Scott Justice stares coldly at Bryan as Kaya March hands him his title, and the two of them, along with DDP, walk back up the ramp as Daniel Bryan gets jumped by the flock. Bryan ends up being pinned after a springboard lariat from Bryan Pillman. So, uh, time for the match. Uh, Scott Justice comes out with black pants with blue lightning bolt designs, uh, black knee pads, black boots, black elbow pads, Black wrist tape, black vest with blue lightning bolt designs uh, with his face and prodigal son written on in a white on its back. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page comes out in stonewashed denim jeans, stonewashed denim jacket, white snake in, snakeskin cowboy boots, and a DDP yoga shirt. Kaya March comes out wearing stonewashed denim jeans, a stonewashed denim, ja- denim jacket, a black crop top, and black boots. Uh, Daniel Bryan's wearing blue tights with a red dragon on one leg and a white dragon on the other. White boots and white kick pads. Uh, red t-shirt with an American dragon written in white with a blue dragon on the chest. And then white wrist tape. Uh, so Daniel Bryan, the test of strength starts the match. Daniel Bryan gets the upper hand here, forcing uh, Justice to his back on the mat. Bryan laughs at Justice, but Justice reverse, reverses with a monkey flip and both men get back to their feet. The two men circle the ring before locking in a collar and elbow tie-up. Uh, Daniel Bryan transitions to a standing headlock, but Scott Justice shoots him off into the ropes. But Bryan answers back with an Inazuma leg lariat. Daniel Bryan bounces up and hits the ropes again, spreading to the center of the ring and nailing Justice with a kitchen sink knee to the gut. Bryan quickly grabs Justice as Scott works his way to his feet and nails him with a Northern Light suplex. Uh, Bryan transitions into a waist lock before deadlift. Scott deadlifting Scott Justice up for a leg trap German suplex. Daniel Bryan goes for a crossface chicken wing, but Scott Justice scurries to the ropes for a rope break. Daniel Bryan breaks the hold and returns to center, welcoming Justice back in. Uh, Justice heads, hesitantly walks in the ring, and both men start to circle before meeting in the middle for a, again for a collar and elbow tie-up. Uh, Bryan transitions into a headlock and then instantly to a waistlock uh, before putting Justice down on all fours with the waistlock takedown. Justice doesn't allow it to go any further, immediately pushing up to his feet and working to break the hold, eventually reversing into a waist lock of his own, uh, and then finally spinning Bryan into a short-arm clothesline. As Daniel Bryan gets to his knees, Justice gets Justice hits him with a V-trigger, sending him crashing back to the mat. Scott Justice hangs Daniel Bryan through the middle rope and then climbs to the top rope, hitting a double-foot stomp off the top rope onto Daniel Bryan uh, as D- Bryan dangles on the middle rope. Uh, Scott Justice lays in a couple stiff punches to the skull of Brian before posting him back up on the middle rope under his armpits. Justice hits the ropes and hits a slingshot hot shot on Daniel Bryan. Justice rolls back in the ring and starts laying into Daniel Bryan with some hard right hands before getting up and taunting the crowd. Scott Justice screams at Daniel Bryan that he is not an amateur and he was, his win wasn't a fluke. Daniel Bryan uses the ropes to pull himself up to his feet, but Scott Justice sprints the distance of, his, of the ring and hits a cactus clothesline, sending both men crashing to the outside. As Daniel Bryan starts to push himself to his feet, uh, Justice grabs him by the back of his head and pushes Bryan face first into the steel ring post, busting Bryan open. Uh, Scott Justice rolls into the ring and sits cross-legged in the center of the ring as the referee counts Daniel Bryan out. 
Daniel Bryan starts to pull himself up using the barricade, and Scott Justice realizes his job isn't finished. So Justice hits an over-the-top rope off the ring post uh, moonsault. So he like jumps over the rope, catches himself on the ring post, and does a, a moonsault. Uh, Justice is the first man back to his feet, and he grabs Daniel Bryan, hitting him with a power bomb onto the apron, followed immediately with a hard Irish whip into the steel steps. Justice then rolls back into the ring to save himself from being counted out with Bryan. Brian refuses to give up, though, and pulls himself up using the apron, but Scott Justice smacks him with a baseball slide, making uh, Brian hit the barricade hard. Uh, Scott Justice sees an opportunity to take Brian out once and for all, so he sprints and hits the ropes before hitting Brian with a tope suicida uh, that sends both men flipping over the barricade and into the crowd. Uh, DDP uh, grabs Scott Justice and pulls him back over the barricade, but he shows Justice that wasn't enough as Daniel Bryan is still stirring, starting to stand up. Scott Justice rolls back in the ring and runs from rope to rope uh, and hits a springboard plancha over the barricade and into the crowd onto Daniel Bryan. Both men are down in the crowd now, but as they start to rise, they begin brawling in the crowd. Daniel Bryan hits a rolling elbow followed by a dragon suplex over the barricade. Uh, Daniel Bryan rolls in the ring and then right back out to restart the referee's count. Bryan then stands on top of the barricade and dives down onto Justice with a diving knee strike. Brian follows up with a backdrop suplex onto the apron before Irish whipping Justice into the ring. Brian grabs Scott Justice in a cravat necktie and hits him with some stiff knees while in the necktie, followed by immediately by a cravat suplex. Brian then stands in the back of the knees and double, does double foot stomps before locking in a surfboard. Brian holds it for a moment before transitioning into a chin lock surfboard, then eventually into a dragon sleeper surfboard. Uh, Brian ev eventually breaks the hold and transitions into a double wrist lock standing over Scott Justice and laying into him with some vicious stomps on the head, neck, face, and chest. Brian then uh, bends Scott Justice's arm and stomps on the elbow while Justice writhes in pain. Brian locks in a crucifix and starts nailing him with stiff elbow shots, busting him open. Brian stands up and grabs Justice in a butterfly hold before hitting him with a Danielson special into an arm bar. While Justice is in the arm bar, Brian stomps him in the face and jaw. Brian then lets go of the arm bar and climbs on the top rope and hits a diving headbutt on Scott Justice and goes for a pin, but only gets a two count. Brian pulls Justice to his knees and signals for the yes kicks, but before he can hit them, Kaya March rolls in the ring and uses her body to shield her husband. Kaya begs for Daniel Bryan to show mercy, and while he contemplates it, she lows blows him, grabs Scott, and rolls out of the ring with him. DDP and Kaya March try to uh, help Scott Justice recover and get back in the match, but before he fully comes to, Daniel Bryan hits all three with a suicide dive. Daniel Bryan pulls uh, Justice to his feet and nails him with a stiff European uppercut, followed by a Tiger suplex into the side of the steel steps, and the Irish whips him back into the ring. Daniel Bryan props uh, Scott Justice into a corner before walking to the center of the ring and sprinting and hitting a running elbow smash. Uh, Bryan pops Scott Justice up on the corner before hitting him with multiple uh, running drop kicks in the corner. Justice falls forward and down to his knees, and Daniel Bryan lights him up with yes kicks. Daniel Bryan then picks Justice up from the canvas and hits a slingshot, slingshot suplex. Uh, Bryan hoists Scott Justice onto the top turnbuckle and hits an avalanche arm breaker. Bryan follows up by locking in the label lock on Scott Justice in the center of the ring. Justice is writhing and screaming out in pain. Eventually, Justice inches over to get the tip of his toe on the rope to force a rope break. Bryan seems a little frustrated but picks Justice up off the canvas and Justice immediately hits Bryan with the urinagi. Justice sells the arm as Brian gets back to his feet. Justice runs to the ropes, runs the ropes and hits him with a spinning wheel kick, followed immediately by a kick to the gut as soon as Brian stands back up. But Brian catches the kick and throws Justice's foot to the side. Justice counters with a discus clothesline. 
Daniel Bryan stirs on the canvas, and Scott Justice grabs him around the waist and hits a deadlift sit-out gut-wrench powerbomb. Justice taunts the crowd uh, before sizing Bryan up as Bryan returns to his feet. Scott Justice hits Bryan with a diamond cutter and goes for the pin, but Bryan gets his arm up at the last second. Uh, Justice snaps and starts bashing his fists, elbows, and forearms into the skull of Daniel Bryan before cradling uh, Bryan's head in his hands and starts kneeing him repeatedly in the skull. Justice then stands up and begins to stomp Brian's head and neck furiously. Justin goes to the turnbuckle. Justice, not Justin, goes to the turnbuckle and removes the top turnbuckle pad. Justice grabs Brian and drags him to the turnbuckle and bashes his skull against the exposed turnbuckle repeatedly before propping him up in the corner. Um, Justice bashes him in the face with multiple stiff forearms before prancing around the ring, screaming out the, to the crowd that he is the prodigal son and he is the new king of the cruiserweights. Scott Justice is the uh, Dragon Slayer. Justice poses in the opposite corner of the of Daniel Bryan for a mo- moment, sizing up his prey before sprinting it. Bryan going for a stinger splash, but Bryan dodges at the last second and, start, and Justice bounces his own skull off the exposed turnbuckle. Daniel Bryan hits the ropes and nails uh, Scott Justice with a busaiku knee as Scott Justice stumbles around. Daniel Bryan crawls over for the pin, but DDP pulls the referee out of the ring and tosses him in the barricade to prevent Scott Justice from losing his belt. Uh, Daniel Bryan is infuriated, kneeling in the center of the ring, screaming at Paige to trying to screaming at Paige, trying to stand up, but he's just too beat up. As he screams at DDP, he drops back to one knee, and Kaya March hits Bryan with a K trigger, sending him to the mat unconscious. Kaya March puts Scott Justice over top of Daniel Bryan's body and pull and rolls out of the ring. And Paige shoves the ref back into the ring, who counts one, two, three for the pin and the win. I have a question. So before this and the, you know, the turn, were do we know that Kaya and Scott are together? Because I don't feel like in the last yeah. pay per view I talked about they, it in the last did one. Did you? I can't yeah. remember. Okay. They didn't come out for each other's matches, but that's because their matches were one right right after another. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was like made clear yeah. that they were together. Um, I, I so wait, who won? Scott Justice. Wrong person won. Okay, well, he cheated. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't think the wrong person won. That's fine. Um, Michael go ahead, Demone, you can finish. I have to move on from <laughs> Daniel Bryan at some point, guys. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, just don't um, do it with Scott Justice. No, I'm actually okay with it in, with because of the way you built up Scott and everything. Um, and they had a good match. I just didn't care for the finish. Like, I, okay. I get what you were going for, like, he gets help to beat Daniel Bryan, but I wish I would have preferred it was DDP, like hitting the the diamond cutter something. Why, Why is DDP it, the better of the two to hit him with something? I just feel because he's, he's, he's a, a man. No, not because he's a man. Don't make this a sexist <laughs> thing. Because he's you and Kenny he, are going to hell for sexism. <laughs> um, Kenny's going to hell for something not it's it's an ism, but. Um, oh. <laughs> or actually, that's a phobia. No, I'll say it's not. It's not. It's not. A, it's, a, it's a phobia. Uh, but no, my I. But the way Kaya was presented before, like she was like the super underdog, and yeah, but the case sugar was shown as a she, as a, a knockout blow for every person that took I it. Guess, I guess. I guess. If she hit yeah. that move, they got pinned. Yeah, I guess just for me, it felt like. I just feel like it would have made been more impactful if DDT hit the 
Like I, I get what you're going for. It just felt. I feel the like mentor, the, D, the, the DD, right? The the. I don't know why um, it has to be him though. Why can't it be? Because he's the his other part. He's the other person in the faction. And he, there's he another the... person. In so the so if I if I had Kaya March pull out the ref and Irish whip him into the steps and then Diamond Dallas Page hit the Diamond Cutter, that's better. Yes. Why? I don't understand the difference because they're both there. They're both doing a job. I just aside feel from like... him being a man, I don't know what why he can't. Why it's not that he's a man. He's a bigger name. It's yeah. the, he's a bigger name. The move is more. I guess a I more like tied in with the move. <laughs> of the diamond cutter over the K trigger. I okay. think that's part of it too. Like it's not, it's not, <laughs> um, I'm just saying K, the K trigger got, got built up as a, like, I, a, like I get it, but in. like, I get it, but like, it she just didn't hit felt, the K trigger on Sarah Del Rey. It just felt, I scared off. of new champions. Y'all scared okay. of new champions out here. No, yeah, I, the K, I'm the K trigger is the most protected Wait, hold in on. wrestling. Hold on. I'm actually good men with, and women. I'm good with Scott winning the keeping the title. I'm actually glad you kept Scott winning the title. Be, or retaining. Oh yeah, I'm not doing that back. Yeah, I'm not, I don't do that yeah, because, shit. because I didn't want you to like bail on you already. You're already in on Scott, so yeah. you might as well keep going with. It. And if he lost, you you would have had to be done with him because if would have felt it would have 100 percent felt like it was just a, a a fluke. So I'm glad that you kept going with Scott here. Um... I'm gonna give you a. The match is really good. The build was okay. It was all right. Um. I'm gonna give you a three point nine seven. Okay. <laughs> There's a my, my, my problems are right. a bit elsewhere. Uh, I actually didn't like the match very much, and let me explain. Okay. Uh, why? Uh, it's very rare that I actually have beef with the match, but. Uh, that shit was way too fucking long. That was overindulgent. Like, okay. it was like... Damn right have longer matches, though. Whenever I have a problem with AEW matches, it's that type of match where it's just long, and we do the fake punch hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just not into the strong style thing. Um, I don't and, feel that this was strong style at all. They, there was yeah, one no, point yeah, where Scott Justice went crazy. I felt like it was. Uh, it's not there really was a most, it was mostly style. diving out of the ring and... Into the crowd and yeah, throwing he, each other around the ring and all. There was like, I some technical there was just in as it. as much like detail put into like your holds and your blows and shit too, though. So like, there was yeah, some technical wrestling. Part of the match. I, might, I, might have, <laughs> I might have fallen asleep at some point because that shit was so damn long. <laughs> okay, fair enough. John just hates technical <laughs> wrestling. I guess. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> and, and that shit was way too long. Uh, that, that's what it really comes out to. It was just so fucking long. I would have gotten a pizza. Uh, and the build was like it was there it was a build uh, I'm going to give this a Travis mid of a 2.75 I'm going I'm to end up being the hater on this one. Oh, oh here comes Mike I just didn't like it I, I didn't I didn't like it um, I, didn't, I didn't really care for the build I didn't I didn't care for the people. It, I didn't care for the not that I didn't like the people in it. I just didn't care for anybody in it. Okay. Um, outside of DDP and DDP was just. I mean, <laughs> he's a manager. He's, nah. Yeah, he was. He was. He was there. Um, he he got paid. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with a two. I'm just gonna okay. go with a straight two. Okay. 
I thought you was about to go to point five or something. That's what I thought, that's what I thought you was going. No, but I'm going to be the hater compared to everyone no, else. Kenny, oh, hater, I yeah, like. I feel like Kenny is coming in. No, no, no. I just thought it was mid. I thought it was. Like, it was a. I don't know. I think the match was kind of ass, and then the the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> the match was kind of ass, but the. Uh, I thought Kenny and, and John build. would like this match more than the moment. I like. Mike. I really like the match. I think the match carried. Yeah, I will say I thought the build was kind of weaker, and then the match was ass. So I think I'm gonna go with a two point two five. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's not. It wasn't like the build wasn't like this is disgusting. Like, but I just like I said, it was just a weaker build. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised but the you match was going, disgusting. I'm surprised you two didn't like that match because it had every everything you guys claimed the love. Not yeah, you. I meant. I meant. Uh, yeah, I meant John and <laughs> Kenny. Um. All right. So on Livewire, the first night after um the pay- the first show after the pay per view, Shane and Baszler and Brie Bella have a quick match that sees Baszler finish Bella with the Ace of Spades in just under six minutes. On Rebellion, uh, Sarah Del Rey and Shane and Baszler have a tag team match against Mayu Iwani and Manami Toyota that lasts about nine minutes. Shayna Baszler does most of the heavy lifting, but Sarah Del Rey tags herself in at the end to hit the World Butterfly on Mayu Iwani for the pin and the win. The next week on um, Livewire, Primetime Travis D comes out on the stage and announces the newest member of the PTC roster, Thunder Rosa. Rosa comes out to a huge ovation due to the shock of the situation as many believe she was under contract at BBW. Rosa hugs Travis T and then runs down to the ring to cut a promo. Charlotte, North Carolina, como esta? Olé! I bet you're all shocked to see me here in PTC. Mark Cuban didn't think that I had the juice to be a main event player in BBW, so he and LeVar Ball he let my right. contract quietly expire. What'd you say? He, he, was, he was right. <laughs> uh, well, Mark, LeVar, Travi T thinks I have the juice to come over to the show that's been stopping you in the ratings and be a main event player. Not I long. spent years and years traveling the world, honing my craft, and the billionaire and a loudmouth and suits are going to tell me I don't have the juice. No de eso, vago la oportunidad. Is this Luchadora de Eventos Principales? Charlotte, what do you think? You think Thunder Rosa is a main event player in PTC? Boo! Charlotte, North Carolina, if you think Thunder Rosa is a main event player here in PTC, let me hear a demonio C. Hell Who's yeah! in Spanish? Demonius, Demonius, <laughs> Rosa pauses for the crowd responses. No puede, no puedo esto. It's I Charlotte, North Carolina. You. They're just kind of fumbling around. If you around think Thunder Rosa should be, shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you think Thunder Rosa should be Sarah Del Rey's ass and take the PTC Women's World Championship and take over one night only, give me a Demonius C. Give me a hell yeah. Thunder Demonius Rosa <laughs> and the crowd erupts. I was thinking the exact same thing. Sarah Del Rey, you are the final boss in this company, and I'm the hero ready to conquer you. PTC Universe, Thunder Rosa didn't come part. Come to take part. Thunder Rosa came to take over. Sarah Del Rey, line up your entire kingdom to defend you because it doesn't matter who I have to go through. Come take over one night only. I'm taking your title home with me, and PTC will have a new queen. Because soy la mejor de mundo. I am the best in the world. WT, bet on me. He gave me an opportunity, and I am oh, going to make sure he is this. the best 
he, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, he said he's gonna field day over this. I'm not sure if you're allowed to do this accent. Is this accent? <laughs> is the best bet he ever made. All the way. I can't even say that. I did it. I did accent with Eddie Guerrero last week. Right. <laughs> I'd say we've all done accents. This is Stop this is. I've never. I've done Southern accents, but play the character. Go ahead. Yeah. To do it. Go ahead. At least I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. At least you weren't John doing no. the, the black accent, which is literally the same black voice for everybody. <laughs> Thunder Rosa makes her in-ring debut uh, on Rebellion that week against uh, most recent title challenger, Kai March. The match lasts nine minutes when Rosa ends, uh, catches the K-Trigger and reverses it into a La Rosa driver for the pin and the win. So the K-Trigger um, didn't finish. What? She caught it. She didn't get hit with it. If it was really that strong, she wouldn't have caught it. <laughs> That moves can't be reversed anymore. <laughs> Apparently, not the most protected move in wrestling. You think it's an anime? Being protected like, is not kicking out, not not reversing it. Ratio. Oh. <laughs> uh, so on Alpha, Sarah Del Rey is brought out to the ring by her Chippendales, while Shayna Baszler and Lay Cool strut behind her. The four women enter the ring, and Sarah Del Rey goes to speak, but before she can utter a, a word, Thunder Rosa's music hit, and she comes out. Uh, Rosa rolls right into the ring and does her signature taunts to the crowd as if Sarah Del Rey and the Royal Guard aren't even in the ring and Sarah Del Rey looks disgusted. Finally, Thunder Rosa grabs a mic and comes face-to-face with the queen, on professional, uh, the queen of professional wrestling and Sarah Del Rey immediately begins talking. Listen here, Rosa. Just because you got called up from junior varsity doesn't mean you get to interrupt the team captain. Do you know who I am? Do you know how important I am? This isn't BBW. You can't just waltz in here and interrupt me. Waltz, or Rosa puts her uh, hand on Del Rey's mic and physically lowers it before replying, Yes, Sarah, I know exactly who you are. You are the winningest woman on the PTC roster. You are the PTC Women's World Champion, and you're one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. But I don't think you know who I am. See, unlike all these other women in PTC, I'm not scared of you. You nor your resume intimidate me. Because while you are all are all of those things, you're also just the next person I'm going to beat because nothing is stopping me from taking that belt. And you're right, Sarah. This isn't BBW. See, in BBW, there was only one dirty bitch. Here in PTC, I see that there's at least four of you. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> Sarah Del Rey interjects immediately. Rosa, I'm going to stop you right there. You're coming out here and you're making your jokes so the people will laugh and that's fine. But let me tell you something. Perception is reality. If it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. I walk like a queen, I look like a queen, and I perform like a queen. Therefore, I am the queen. You look like a clown. You make jokes like a clown. And they laugh at you like you're a clown. So it looks like you're nothing but a clown. But since you want to be part of the big leagues now, how about I give you a shot to make yourself famous Tuesday night on Livewire? Shayna Baszler is going to put you into sleep in a number one contenders match. If you think you're so great, go through the second best in this company to earn a shot at me. Thunder Rosa nods and smiles aggressively before going to speak. But before she can, Lekou and Shayna Baszler jump her. Uh, Sarah Del Rey squats down in her face while they stomp her on her. Oh, yeah. First lesson of being in the big leagues. Always watch your back. Orale. 
Ha, 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 ha. Oh my god, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't segment... rate this. <laughs> <laughs> the segment ends with the Royal Guard standing tall over Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa uh, and Shayna Baszler have a killer match the last 25 minutes in the end. Rosa is able to break free from the Ace's phase and transition into a La Rosa driver. As she goes for the pin, Sarah Del Rey and Lay Cool hit the ring to, and break it up at a two and start jumping her. Uh, the referee calls for a disqualification victory for Thunder Rosa. As <laughs> security and other referees try to pull the Royal Guard off of Rosa. Uh, the referees finally pull Rosa out of the ring into safety. And Travis comes out and announces that Sarah Del Rey will defend her World Championship against Thunder Rosa and Shayna Baszler at TakeOver one night only. Um, on the last Rebellion before uh, the pay-per-view, Thunder Rosa and Kyrie March have a rematch lasting nine minutes. But again, Thunder Rosa hits a La Rosa driver for the pin and the win. Um, then the Royal Guard, uh, has a eight woman tag match against Mayu Iwani, Manami Toyota, and the Bella Twins the last nine minutes. Match ends when Shayna Baszler locks in the ace of spades on Brie Bella, while Sarah Del Rey simultaneously locks Mayu Iwani in the crossface cross Amaplata. Both women vigorously tap out, and both Sarah Del Rey and Shayna celebrate as the one to get the victory. Uh, but Sarah Del Rey takes exception to Shayna taking some glory from her, to which Shayna replies by standing down for her queen. So at the pay-per-view, uh, there is Sarah Del Rey comes out wearing black and gold trunks and top with black knee pads and black boots. Shayna Baszler wears a white top and pants with silver designs and black accents, white boots, white cape, white top hat, and white gloves. Uh, Thunder Rosa is wearing powder blue top and trunks with gold, black, and red Aztecs designs. Day of the Dead sugar skull face paint on the left side of her face and an Aztec headdress, powder blue boots, and kick pads with gold, black, and red Aztec designs. So the three women circle the ring. The ring Thunder Rosa keeps her eyes on both, head on a swivel. Eventually, Shayna Baszler shoots in for a single leg, and Thunder Rosa goes to defend, but Sarah Del Rey hits her with a rolling heel kick, knocking Rosa off balance. Uh, Baszler transitions into a grapevine ankle lock. Baszler quickly uh, transitions into a seated surfboard, and Sarah Del Rey's light lights Rosa's chest up with rapid-fire shoot kicks, followed by a flurry of axe kicks to the head and shoulders. Sarah Del Rey squats down and gets in Thunder Rosa's face and starts screaming at her, followed by slapping her in the face repeatedly and then multiple stiff headbutts to Rosa's skull. Sarah Del Rey prances around the ring, screaming and taunting the crowd while shouting her affirmations. Meanwhile, Shayna Baszler locks in a stretch muffler on uh, Thunder Rosa before releasing and dropping uh, Rosa on her head hard. Baszler grabs Rosa and hits her with a vertical suplex. Del Rey and Baszler converse in the center of the ring about what to do next. While they do so, Rosa is trying to stagger to her feet. As Rosa rises, uh, Baszler goes for a shoot kick, but Rosa catches her foot and tosses it down, sending Baszler to her knees. Rosa runs off the ropes and hits Baszler with a double foot stomp to the, on the spine. Rosa follows up with a rocket kick to Del Rey. Rosa then nails Baszler with a running knee strike. Uh, Rosa Irish whips Sarah Del Rey into the corner, and followed by a running clothesline. Uh, sliding Del Rey's, sliding Rosa's legs through the middle rope, followed by a slingshot uh, double knee to the chest. So she does like that clothesline Miz does. Um, Rosa then turns around right into a spear from Shayna Baszler, followed by a rolling double gut ridge suplex. Shayna Baszler goes over to check on Del Rey and help her back to her feet. Del Rey instructs her to attack Rosa. Baszler hits Rosa with a Yokosuka cutter, followed by a followed immediately by a twisted arm stomp. Uh, Del Rey screams at Baszler to break Rosa's arm. 
Baszler looks, locks in a cross arm breaker, and Rosa is screaming out in pain. As Rosa tries to squirm out of the hole, Baszler transitions into a Fujiwara, Fujiwara arm bar and starts performing small joint manipulation on Rosa. Del Rey starts stomping on the head, neck, and spine of Thunder Rosa. Del Rey pushes uh, Baszler off of Rosa and locks in the Amaplata cross face on the bad arm of Rosa. Baszler looks shocked for a minute before pushing Del Rey, Sarah Del Rey off of Rosa. Baszler and Del Rey start arguing in the center of the ring. Finally, Sarah Del Rey slaps Shayna Baszler in the face. Uh, Baszler looks shocked, then snickers, and looks furious as she headbutts Sarah Del Rey hard in the face and then hits the ace of spades, locking in the choke deep. Thunder Rosa hits a diving double foot stomp on Sarah Del Rey and Shayna Baszler breaking, breaking the hold. Rosa hits the rope and nails Shayna Baszler with a low drop kick to the head. Rosa drops drapes Baszler over the middle rope and hits her with a bastion drop kick followed by uh, immediately followed immediately with a draping DDT. Thunder Rosa starts clubbing Sarah Del Rey on the canvas before locking in the rocking horse and uh, smashing her skull into the bottom turnbuckle. Uh, Thunder Rosa props Del Rey into the corner and goes coast to coast with a cannonball senton. Uh, Rosa returns her attention to Rose or to Baszler pulling the Queen of Spades to her feet, but Baszler hits her with the Baszler rush, followed by a roundhouse kick and then a back suplex. Baszler starts hitting rapid-fire shoot kicks to Rosa's chest while she's on her knees. As Baszler turns around, she gets hit with a push kick from Sarah Del Rey, uh, bouncing her off the ropes. As she ricochets, ricochets back, Del Rey hits her with a stiff kick to the gut. Del Rey hits a powerbomb on Baszler, then deadlifts her back up and tosses her for a release powerbomb. Sarah Del Rey turns it into a bicycle kick from Thunder Rosa, followed immediately by an unprettier. As Rosa stands up, Baszler hits her with a diving cross body, immediately grabbing her by the waist during the roll-through and walking her to the center of the ring before hitting a release German suplex. As Rosa rolls to her feet, Baszler, hits, Baszler blasts her with a running clothesline. Uh, Shayna Baszler pulls Rosa to her feet and hits a swinging neckbreaker. Baszler gets hit with a hip attack from Del Rey that sends her through the ropes and to the outside. Del Rey hits a butt drop on Rosa, followed by an axe kick uh, to the back of the head. Del Rey pulls Rosa to her feet and locks in a wrist lock on the damaged arm, followed with a shoot kick and then a German suplex. Del Rey locks in a cross arm breaker on Rosa's injured arm. Baszler, Baszler rolls back in and locks a rear naked choke on Sarah Del Rey. Uh, Del Rey eventually breaks the arm breaker. Hold on. Sorry, we'll give me one second. Del Rey eventually breaks the uh, rear naked choke and works her way to her feet. Uh, hold on, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my train of thought. Okay, sorry. So yeah, I read it right the first time. Del Rey eventually lets go of the arm breaker and works her way to her feet with Baszler still on her back. Del Rey stumbles to the ropes but passes out right when she gets there and both women tumble to the outside, uh, breaking the hole before the referee realizes that Del Rey had passed out. Baszler is extremely frustrated. She picks herself up, up, up off the ground. She grabs a steel chair and thinks about a shot to Del Rey, but it can't betray her queen even after their disagreement. So instead, she slides in the ring with the chair in hand. Baszler lifts the, the chair to strike Rosa, but Rosa hits her with a running knee strike. Rosa pulls Baszler to her feet and hits a backstabber, backstabber instantly transitioning into an arm trap triangle choke. Uh, Baszler is trying to break the hold, but is in deep. She's trying to survive for as long as she can. Del Rey rolls in the ring and grabs a chair, but tries to smack Thunder Rosa with it. But Rosa uh, rolls towards Del Rey, trying to, uh, to try to dodge it. Rosa picks the ankle of Del Rey and trips her to the mat, locking in an ankle lock while maintaining the triangle choke on 
uh, Baszler. Baszler pushes herself to a four-point base and then hits a power Rosa with a power bomb, breaking both the triangle choke and the ankle lock. And Baszler collapses on the canvas. Del Rey, being the ring general she is, immediately tries to capitalize on this by limping over to Baszler to make the cover. But Rosa breaks it up at two. Rosa and Del Rey start trading shots in the center of the ring as they try to stumble to their feet. Del Rey goes for a shoot kick that connects, but she hurts her own foot in the process. Del Rey tries to power through and goes for a royal butterfly that she hits even on one leg. Del Rey goes for the pin, but Rosa kicks out at two and a half. Del Rey is losing her mind before grabbing the chair and stalking Thunder Rosa. She tries to use her the ropes to pull herself to her feet. After she turns around, Del Rey, uh, Del Rey swings for her skull, but Rosa ducks under the chair. Del Rey smacks the top rope and making the chair uh, with the chair, making it ricochet back and crash into her skull, dazing Del Rey. Uh, Sarah Del Rey stumbles around and is immediately hit with the La Rosa driver for the pin and the win. Can you give me that finish one more time? Yeah, so um, Del Rey's losing her mind after uh, Thunder Rosa kicked out of the Royal Butterfly. She grabs the chair, the steel chair. She goes to hit Sarah or hit Thunder Rosa with it. Thunder ducks underneath, and then uh, Sarah Del Rey hits the top rope, and it bounces back and hits her. It's not enough to knock her down or anything, but it's enough to like stun her. You know what I mean? It's just she stumbles around, and then uh, Thunder Rosa hits her with the La Rosa driver for the pin and the win. Okay, I'll go first before uh, John goes on a rant. Um, This is a little bit above mid for me. Like, it's not... Okay. It's not terrible. It's not not terrible. It's not perfect. Man's perfect Um, to be a hater. (laughs) I'm going to give it a 3.33. Ew. Okay. These scores... (laughs) John, you go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you got something you got to say. Yeah, quite a bit. So, uh, why don't we start at the beginning? <laughs> There's a few things that I like to get off my chest. All First right. of all, I'm just going to preface this by saying that this gave me polio. Mm. Uh, like, Should have got the vaccine. <laughs> this went through the vaccine to give me ultra polio. Mm. Uh, ultra instinct polio. <laughs> Anyways, mm. uh, she so Thunder Rosa gets fired from BBW for being ass. Uh, well documented history of doing so, especially on the promo side. Goes to cut a promo about it, then asses up that promo in Thunder Rosa fashion. <laughs> and here's the thing, Travis: you normally write better promos than me. I, I'm saying that on live. You okay. normally write better promos than me. You couldn't write a good promo for her because she's not capable of it. <laughs> and then you add that her delivery will be worse than yours. Granted, a little bit that's language barrier. I'm not being shitty about that. But aside from that, it would have been worse. So you're already not great promo you wrote with some lazy ass shots. <laughs> not <laughs> even funny ones. Lazy. <laughs> All like she it. said is you didn't think you had the juice. I, I, you didn't I, think she no, had the juice. You, you popped a few off. Stopping me in the ratings, you're barely beating me, and probably not. Oh, I didn't say that. Moment. I forgot about that line. Uh, but it, I, but to be fair, oh, I know I wrote the that. big leagues now. Bro. Yeah, Shut I wrote that. I wrote that promo before your last show. Just to be fair, but there was that. That wasn't changing. That's it. still lazy. <laughs> like <laughs> shots are funny. It happened. Yeah, shots, <laughs> shots are funny, right? Yeah, but you have to be creative about it, and that was like the least inspired shot taking I'd ever heard. Uh, okay. <laughs> so 
that happened. Uh, Shayna Baszler's in this match for no fucking reason. This this match is built around two people, and Shayna Baszler's yep. just there for no reason. Dude. Like, granted, in real life, this would have given me somebody to root for, but I know she's not winning because she's in this for no goddamn reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then this match is too fucking long, again. <laughs> so I already just sat through a match that was already too fucking long with people I liked much better than this. Uh, I, Scott Justice better than this. Uh, I, I fuck with Scott Justice. I, I'm not hating on Scott. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I don't fuck with this. And this was just as long. I I, I would have gotten... These are, this is the in, the other side of my card. Like This is the, the main matches, so these are going to be longer than the first matches. That's valid, but it's, <laughs> it's overindulgent. Uh, okay. I would have not just gotten a pizza... I would have made one from scratch during mm. match, and I had the time to do so. Mm. Uh, the disrespect. This wild, right? Is this is a point five? I, I'm, okay. I'm furious. Mm. I, I'm done right. now. I'm, you, lo- I'm the lawyer for Travis a little bit. <laughs> I feel oh, like you're punishing. <laughs> I feel like you're punishing Travis for Thunder in real life's being mid. So I feel like you're taking that out on Travis here. Hey, it happens. Kyle O'Reilly got that same treatment. Fuck him. No, no. But Kyle O'Reilly Think about the context of all this. The whole context was me in the group chat saying, hey, I'm thinking about releasing Thunder Rosa. Travis saying, I'll do a trade. And then she goes to his company, takes shots at my company in a bad promo. In which I wouldn't say it was I released a bad. her for bad promo. It, it was a mid promo. It wasn't yeah, bad. I would say it, was, it wasn't bad. Demo, it you're was kind. Mid. You're kind. It, it was good. Kenny just said it was. It was. It wasn't bad. It was. It mid. wasn't bad. It, it was. Yeah, I didn't think it was, it was bad. bad I, I'll take my score in a second. It, yeah. Yeah. I think you're punishing him for. I agree. Thunder you don't like Thunder Rosa. Rosa and you don't like Cyrus Del Rey. So you gave me a low score. Yeah. I feel like I just gave you like seven other reasons. But I, I, mean, I get that, but I feel like a lot of your thing is you don't like Thunder Rosa anymore. So no matter what he did with Thunder Rosa, you were gonna give him a true. bad score. That's not true. And I think you're, I think you're saying it's a bad promo because it's Thunder Rosa, but that's not based off of what he no, presented. No, I was it's saying that based, based off, off what of, Travis said. I genuinely think that that's one of like Travis's worst promos. I'm just saying it was one of his better best, promos than me. It was mid. It was a mid promo. It wasn't bad. I don't it think wasn't. It, was up to it wasn't Bofa. Bofa was like the goat. Uh, <laughs> we're not comparing anything like this to Bofa. Bofa was legendary content. Uh, this was not. This was. This was infamous content. Uh, mm. This was made by Blood Boil. Uh, I, I, I did not enjoy that promo in and of itself. Just no context. Like I didn't enjoy <laughs> Travis's promo, and which is disappointing because he cuts good ones. Like the James Thorne promo was genius. This was not. This is the op. Can't win them all. Did this hurt your feelings? <laughs> did this hurt your feelings a little bit? I know it did a little bit. He was, <laughs> no, I expected this from John. If y'all all came at me like this, it would hurt my feelings. Yeah, I was going to say because he was just going. <laughs> I know it hurt. But like, I expected When I wrote this match, I knew John was going to hate it. I know whenever I write my women's match, John's not going to give me any fucking score, good scores. No matter what I do. Like, I can have fucking. I gave Sarah Del Rey a good score like two shows ago. <laughs> no, you're right. Know who you're right. Know who you're right. He's, he's, been, he's been giving Tessa bad scores, too. He She's hates a racist. He gave Carmella bad scores, too. Now that yeah, she boxed. He hates women's <laughs> what about J- hey, what about You guys said she boxed. Yeah, he gave Travis. What did you give Carmella? What did you give Tessa last show? Fuck off. He gave Jane. You're deflecting. Yeah. No, I, I, like wrestling. <laughs> no, I, wanted, I wanted to catch him slipping because he was like, 
racist. She, she's racist. She's this. I was like, well, Jay Cargo. She's black. That's gonna swipe. Mike. No, you had them switch personalities like Scooby Doo. That's why I hated yours. <laughs> this was this was meant for me. Hey, hey, hold on one second, one second, Mike. You're right, John. Uh, Jade Cargo and Tony Storm did have a Freaky Friday match. <laughs> she was just emotional. That's all it was. She was emotional. All right, go ahead. This is meant Mike. for me. The promo was all right. Um, Bill what would was you say okay. it was awful? Would you say it was my? I don't say promo? it was awful. I say it was all right. Again, this this whole thing was just mid for me, uh, but it's higher mid, so I'm going three. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I don't think it was terrible, like awful, like 0.5 bad. I think it was lower mid. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say weaker mid. So I went with a 2.5. I'll take it. Yeah, it was 2.5. That shit was funny. <laughs> he was going it. All right. All right. I. I don't know if you've seen the private chat. I'm out of here. I will finish rating your show tomorrow. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, John. The next, this is my three, like my co-main event, my main event, and then like my third biggest match. So this is going to be longer matches and longer builds. Okay. All right. Just get prepared for that. <laughs> Hey, I already made pizza we, from scratch, so I got plenty of food. And, and now we know. And now we know. John also hates women's wrestling. So yeah, yep. confirmed. Don't shut the fuck up. He really does ride for Mike. <laughs> uh, that was a good joke. That had layers. Thank you. Thank um, you. Can you get a gold star for roasting today. <laughs> um. All right. So on the first episode of Livewire, Bray Wyatt is seen on the Travitron in his rocking chair to open. Uh. The first live wire takeover fully loaded. London Bridge is falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, falling down. My fair lady. <laughs> you all might be a little confused about what you saw Sunday night on takeover fully loaded. Don't fret my brothers and sisters. I'm here to tell you all about it. Me and my family marched in the battle as we took on, and we took down Raven's flock, just as we said we would. So that's not where the confusion was born. You asked me, Bray Wyatt, why did you and your family take out Triple H and cost him his opportunity at the PTC Intercontinental Championship? Because Triple H and his monarchy is exactly what I have declared war against. I told Raven I won't sleep until the Giants take their boots off the throats of the little man they swore to protect. I'm sick and tired of watching these tyrants hold my people down. So I swear to protect you from these tyrants. And I swear to end their reigns. Triple H, just like the London Bridge, your monarchy has fallen down. I'll stop at nothing to get my hands on you and present the crown and the head you wear it on to my brothers and sisters. I will stop at nothing until your monarchy loses all influence. And all power, I will stop at nothing until I avenge Sister Abigail on this war of the little people uprising against the tyrants such as yourself. I will, re I will not stop until Abigail commands me to. Triple H, my brothers and sisters are yearning for a revolution. I am yearning for a revolution. We are hungry. We are starving for freedom. And we've been asking 
and asking and asking. And yet nobody can uh, spare a piece of the pie for us. I ain't asking no more. No. See, we spent years asking. We spent years looking for the revolutionaries. Looking for the revolution y'all promised every time a new one of y'all stepped into power. But I ain't seen no changes no matter who wears that crown. I ain't seen no ma no changes no matter how many ballots got casted. Triple H, I'm sick of yearning for freedom. I'm not waiting for the revolutionaries. I'm ready for the white for the riots. So what do you say, your highness? Are you ready to fight for your freedoms like my people have done for generations now? <laughs> I look forward to the battle. I look forward to the bloodshed. I look forward to the fall of the monarchy. See you on the dance floor. Bray Wyatt smiles as he rocks in his chair and the camera fades to black. Uh, so on Alpha, uh, the monarchy comes out. Triple H and the monarchy uh, march the ring to open Alpha. Triple H looks disgusted and furious. Jay Briscoe skated by on Sunday night because that fat slob Bray Wyatt and his creatures of the night decided to stick their nose in my business. I had the match won. I was going to become the new Intercontinental Champion, but then the lights went out. When they came back on, I got jumped by three goons that were jealous of my greatness. Bray Wyatt, I heard your little speech Tuesday night. You think I, I'm holding you down? You think I'm keeping these people down? You're pathetic. You sound just like everybody else who didn't have the talent to hang with me. I'm not the top at the top because of luck or politics. I have all this power because I earned it. Because I deserve it. While you spend your nights in the Golden Corral lines filling plate after plate after plate, I spent my nights doing my second workout of the day, putting in the hours that nobody else was willing to put in. You know guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are seen as the pick pinnacle of the game. It's not because they were born to be the best. It's because they were the first ones in and the last ones out every single time. Do you know why Tom Brady is regarded as the greatest of all time? It's not because he was some freak athlete who just couldn't fail. He was handed an opportunity to fail, and he took life by its throat, and he made it scream his name. Do you think Michael Phelps was born as the best swimmer in the world? Do you think Bill Gates was born with billions? Do you think that Usain Bolt was handed his speed when he left the womb? You aren't being held down or buried by some mythical golden shovel. You failed because you didn't put in the work. You didn't earn it. Just like you didn't earn a chance at sharing the ring with me. I am a prize fighter. I am the closest thing to royalty this business has ever seen. You don't just get to waltz into a match with me. You want to go into some holy ward like you did with Raven? No. You have to earn my attention. You have to earn my effort. You have to earn your spot. I'm the measuring stick in this business. And frankly, you just don't measure up to me. Triple H's music hits and the show goes to commercial. Uh, <coughs> Later on in the night, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. The models defend their tag team titles against Charlie Haas and Takamichi Noku, as well as uh, the Monarchies, Nigel McGuinness and Valter. The match is a frenetic pace, chaotic match the last 27 minutes. In the end, the White family interferes and takes out Nigel McGuinness and Walter and brawl into the crowd and out, out of the arena. Tyler Breeze hits Charlie Haas with a beauty shot for the pin and the win to retain their tag team titles. 
so on Rebellion, Bray Wyatt is seen in his rocking chair. The lights are off except for a spotlight on him and his family uh, in the audience filled with fireflies. Hunter, I think there's a little confusion between you and I. A little miscommunication between two men that just can't seem to get on the same page. Hunter, I'm not asking you to do battle. I'm telling you I'm coming for your head. I am doing Abigail's bidding. Hunter, did you ever stop to think, I wonder why Bray Wyatt hates me so. I wonder why he speaks so fondly of his sister Abigail, but she's never been seen. Abigail lost her life trying to defend me against the powerful man that snuck in our rooms at night. Abigail offered herself a sacrifice so that I would be safe at night. But during the day, she preached to me. She told me about the kings and the queens that took from the poor. She told me about the gods that killed those that refused to follow them without question. She told me about the priests that steal the money from our pockets and call it an offering. And those same priests that steal our innocence in those back rooms. Abigail taught me right from wrong. And what people like you do, Hunter, is very, very wrong. Abby always offered herself as a sacrifice because she was strong. She could handle it. She would never bend to their will, let alone break. We were all wrong. One night that man walked into our room and he drug Abby out, but she never came back. She never came back, Hunter, because on that night, that man took his power too far. I was too small to protect Abigail. I was too weak to defend my sister. But I made a promise to myself that night. And more importantly, I made a promise to my sister, Abby. I would grow up to put these powerful men in their places. When the kings and queens took from the poor, I would be there to prevent that. When the so-called gods tried to take the lives of the innocent, I won't be there. I would be there to prevent that. When the priests steal from the weak and steal from the children, when the righteous become the vilified and the vilified pose as the righteous, when the powerful men abuse their power, I would be there to prevent that. Hunter, I think you know why I'm here. I think you all know why I'm here. Not in this ring, not in this company, not in this city or state or country. Why I'm here on planet Earth. I am the marauder of justice. I am the warrior of peace. I am the protector for those who have spent far too long without protection. Hunter, I'm not asking you for a fight. I'm propelling, telling you to prepare for the inevitable. Follow the buzzards. Uh, later that night, the monarchy are seen backstage in their private dressing room. Uh, all of them are dressed in suits, flanking around Triple H as he sits in the throne. Wyatt, you cost me the Intercontinental Championship at TakeOver Fully Loaded. You cost McGinnis and Valter the tag team titles two weeks ago on Alpha. I don't understand why you have to be in my business time and time again. You want me to make you famous? You talk about power in this industry. You know I'm the measuring stick. You want me to give you the rub? Get real. Look at me. Look at the man that I am. I am a superstar. There's thousands of pro wrestlers out there. Not many as crazy as you, but there's thousands nonetheless. There's only a handful of superstars. There's a lot of courts in the world, but there's only a handful of diamonds. Diamonds are valuable because of their scarcity. Triple H, the superstar, the king of kings, is valuable because my level of talent is scarce. I have no equals. 
There's not a man alive on my level. Why would I waste my time on you, Bray Wyatt? But I will say, you've got my attention. You've got my attention, Bray Wyatt. And if you're going to, you and your goons are looking for a fight, I got three guys that are looking for the same thing. Bray Wyatt, Test, Brody versus Jerry Lawler, Nigel McGuinness, and Valter at TakeOver one night only. You want to get to the king, you got to play chess. It's never as simple as it seems. Uh, on the go-home alpha, the Monarchy and Omega have a six-man tag match. Uh, <coughs> only lasts nine minutes. The match ends when the Silent hits the ring to attack Omega. The Monarchy helps the onslaught, and the Wyatt family comes out to make the save. All 12 men brawl in the ring as security has uh, as security has to come out to separate everybody. All right, so the fits. Triple H is wearing a white suit, a white collared shirt, royal purple tie, and white Oxford shoes. Um, Jerry Lawler is wearing purple tights with white crown designs on the side. A purple one-arm singlet, white boots, white wrist tape, black elbow pad on his right arm. Nigel McGuinness is wearing purple trunks with um, purple trunks with white designs, purple boots, and kick pads with white designs uh, with white wrist tape. Walter is wearing purple trunks with white designs and purple boots. Uh, Bray White's wearing red pants with a black tank top, black leather vest, uh, black boots, black hand, and forearm tape on his right hand. And then Tess is wearing uh, black pants, black tank top, and black boots, and Bruiser Brody's wearing the same thing. So now for the match. Bray Wyatt and Nigel McGuinness start the match. Bray Wyatt is laughing with his arms out, and Nigel McGuinness is fired up, getting in Wyatt's face and trash-talking before Bray Wyatt hits him with a stiff headbutt. Nigel takes the headbutt and is irate, so he delivers a stiff headbutt of his own to Wyatt. Wyatt laughs and hits Nigel again with another headbutt. The two men start blasting each other back and forth with stiff headbutts. After particularly stiff headbutt from Wyatt, Nigel stumbles back, and he's turns. as he turns, he is hit with a jumping headbutt from Bruiser Brody that sends him crashing to the ground. Uh, Walter and Jerry Lawler hit the ring, and Tess follows, and everyone starts brawling. Once the referee regains order and control of the match, now Jim McGinnis tags in Jerry Lawler, and Bray Wyatt welcomes him into the ring. Lawler and Wyatt brawl for a moment before Lawler Irish whips him into the ropes and hits him with an arm drag transition immediately into a key lock. Lawler releases the key lock and um, quickly mounts Wyatt and hits him with a stiff elbow and forearm smashes to Wyatt's face. Lawler stands up and taunts the Wyatt family as he turns around. Bray, Bray is working his way to his feet. Lawler hits him with multiple punches before hitting the ropes and nailing Wyatt with a running elbow smash, but Bray is still standing. Lawler hits Bray Wyatt with a few stiff knife edge, stiff knife edge chops before hitting the ropes again and blasting Bray Wyatt with a Thez press followed by some stiff right hands. Lawler drags Wyatt to the corner and tags in Valter. Lawler and McGinnis hold Wyatt in the corner as Valter tees off on Wyatt's chest with open hands and chops. Valter then grabs Wyatt and hits him with a package file driver. Walter hits Bray Wyatt with a shotgun drop kick to the back of his head. Walter drags Wyatt back, Bray Wyatt back to the corner and tags in Nigel McGuinness. Together they hit a double uh, double decker, which is an aided diving tower of London cutter. Uh, Nigel McGuinness locks in the London dungeon, which is a grounded uh, top wrist lock with a grapevine leg while he shouts and taunts the Wyatt family. Jerry Lawler tags in and starts stomping Bray Wyatt while McGuinness is locked in the London dungeon. Uh, the referee makes Nigel break the hold and get out of the ring, but Lawler immediately locks in the Boston Crab. Jerry Lawler goes for a diving fist drop on Bray Wyatt, but Wyatt rolls out of the way 
um, to dodge it. White makes a hot tag of Test. Running big boot from Test to Lawler, followed by a gut wrench uh, falling powerbomb. Lawler hits Test, or Test hits Lawler with a scissor kick, followed by a claw hold STO. Uh, he goes for a pen attempt, but is broken up at two by Nigel McGuinness. McGuinness drags Lawler to the corner and Walter tags in. Test and Walter stare each other down from across the ring, and the crowd goes wild to see the big men brawl. Test and Walter uh, start trading right hands in the middle of the ring. Walter gets the upper hand and hits Test with a brain buster. Walter hits uh, Frog Splash on a Test uh, and then tags in Nigel McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness hits a uh, knee lift into a sidewalk slam from uh, Walter. Uh, Nigel McGuinness hits a rebound lariat on the Test and he goes for a pin, but Test kicks out at two. Test hits Nigel McGuinness with a bicycle kick, the uh, followed by an elevated sit-out powerbomb. Uh, Test tags in Bruiser Brody. Brody hits a running big boot to McGinnis, followed by a running leg drop. Um, Brody immediately hits a jumping knee drop onto McGinnis. Brody then hits Lawler with a throat thrust, followed by a big boot to Walter, sending both men crashing to the outside from the apron. Uh, Brody then sprints towards McGinnis' body and hits him with a running pointed elbow drop to the throat. Brody picks McGinnis up and hits him with a vertical suplex power slam for the pin and goes for the pin. After a two-count, Walter drags him under the rope to the outside. The two big men brawl, but Jerry Lawler jumps in to give Walter the advantage. Walter hits a golden bomb on the outside to give to Bruiser Brody before rolling him back into the ring. Tag from Nigel McGinnis to Jerry Lawler. Lawler hits Brody with a snap DDT. Lawler follows up with a pile driver and goes for the pin, but Brody kicks out at, at two and three quarters. Lawler throws uh, Brody into the corner, and the three members of the Monarchy take turns assaulting him in the corner and they as they make quick tags in and out. Eventually, the Wyatt family is sick of what they're seeing and going for the attack. All six men are in the ring brawling, standing uppercut to standing European uppercut to Bray Wyatt from Nigel McGuinness, to which uh, Wyatt replies with a discus elbow smash. Uh, Tess hits Walter with a full Nelson slam. Uh, then Brody hits a one-arm body slam on Jerry Lawler. Bray Wyatt starts directing traffic, clearing the ring, instructing Brody to tag him in. Bray Wyatt grabs... Uh, Bray Wyatt grabs Jerry Lawler and hits him with a sister Abigail. Wyatt then locks in the mandible claw and puts Jerry Lawler to sleep, winning the match. Bray and his family pose in the ring after their victory. And Triple H is obviously on the outside, like throwing a fit. All right. I have my rating and opinion pretty quick. I think that the, the story was really good. Um, I have no problems with the story. <clears throat> okay. Uh, match is too long. No, it's not even the length, actually. The length was fine. Okay. Um, I think some of the wrestler combinations were a little nasty. Uh, but I don't hate the match, but I think the wrestling would be the weak point in this story. That's fair. Talent that's yeah. there. Um, this isn't a movie you watch for the wrestling. Uh, yeah. You watch it for the promos. Uh, and I think the right team won. That's actually going to give you an extra... I'll give you an extra quarter for that. Um, so I'm going to go Thank with you. 425. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, he's he's right where I'm at. I had to, literally had the same exact score and everything, same exact reasoning and everything. So, okay, I disagree. I think the wrestling would actually be really good. Of course, you like to see it fucking test and. I like big, I big, me, I like big meaty men slapping me. Um, I'm gonna give you a five. That. Thank you. Thank you. Thank like you. the nastiest wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I think the psychology in it would be really good, and <laughs> big meaty men slapping me gets me. <laughs> it was also very stiff. This is where the where I can see you saying it was a strong style match. I mean, the match started with like 
them hitting 20 fucking headbutts on each other <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> All right, so um, on the first episode of Livewire after the um, pay-per-view, Scott Hall comes out on Livewire to talk about his win over CM Punk and what his future holds. Sunday night, I prove that I can overcome any obstacle. Whether it be drugs and alcohol or a greasy little bastard trying to stand in the way of me becoming world champion. Sunday night, CM Punk learned that there's a few things that you just don't do in this world. You don't spit in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't pull the mask off of the hero. And you don't talk about Scott Hall's family. I'm headed towards a shot at the PTC World Heavyweight Championship. Tonight, I start my journey to challenge Shelton Benjamin at TakeOver One Night Only by going through Muhammad Hassan and his asylum in tonight's main event. It doesn't matter who steps in my way after that. I will mow them down, get to London, and finally win the belt that's excluded, eluded me. I don't know why I put excluded. Eluded me my entire career. So on the main event, Scott Hall and Muhammad Hassan have a back-and-forth match the last 27 minutes. Scott Hall reverses the tower drop from Muhammad Hassan. And hits him with a razor's edge. As he goes for the cover, CM Punk pulls him out of the ring and starts attacking him. The two men brawl at ringside as the referee calls for the bell for a disqualification victory for Scott Hall. CM Punk gains the advantage and hits Scott Hall with the GTS and stands over him screaming as the show goes off the air. Uh, on Rebellion that week, CM Punk is seen in a nondescript room pacing back and forth. Why, Punk? Why? Why won't you leave poor Scott Hall alone? I've told you over and over and over again. I will not let your children look up to a man that uses drug and alcohol to heal his wounds. I will not let that man be the face of my industry. But I would be remiss if I said that was the only reason I attacked Scott Hall Tuesday night. I was just paying him back. Tit for tat. See, I cheated him out of winning his match, just like he cheated me out of winning my match at TakeOver Fully Loaded last Sunday. Roll tape. Uh, highlight tape of the finish of Hall and Punk plays on the Travitron that shows that Punk had his foot under the rope, meaning the pin should have been stopped for a rope break. If the referee was competent in his job, he would have noticed my foot. Oh, I lost my place. Sorry. My foot under the rope and called for a rope break. Ironically, he and Scott Hall have incompetency in common. See, the referee's incompetency cost me my match, but Scott Hall's incompetency... Costs his children their childhood. Isn't that right, Cody? Cody Hall walks in the frame and begins to speak. Dad, you never chose me. When it was my sixth birthday, and all I wanted was a picture with my heroes, the Red Power Ranger and my dad, Scott Hall. Only the Red Ranger showed up. Because you didn't choose me. You chose the drugs and the alcohol. When I first hit my when I hit my first home run in Little League Baseball, all I wanted was my dad to witness and tell me he's proud. But you weren't there, were you, Dad? No. You weren't there because once again you didn't choose me. You chose the drugs and the alcohol. When I graduated high school, I searched the crowd and all I wanted to see was my dad sitting out there cheering me on. But I didn't see you because you weren't there. You didn't show up because again, you didn't choose me. You chose the drugs and the alcohol. So I wonder what's going through your head right now as you look on, into the screen and see me standing here next to the man that wants nothing more than to tear you down. The man that has vowed to destroy you. I wonder if now you know how it feels when one person 
when the one person you want in your corner doesn't choose you. Dad, I chose to stand by CM Punk because he stands for a lifestyle I can believe in. That I spent my whole life hoping and praying that the drugs and the alcohol wouldn't kill you. And now I spend all my nights wishing it had. Scott Hall is not my father. Scott Hall is a man who impregnated my mother and left me to fend for myself. Even if an overdose never took your life, Scott, it doesn't matter in my mind. Because either way, from this point forward, you're dead to me. CM Punk, CM Punk walks back into focus, speaks again. Scott, do you see the pain in this young man's eyes? Do you feel the pain in his heart when he speaks to you? Scott, I didn't seek out Cody. He found me. Cody came to me and he asked me to save him. Cody asked me to save him from his heritage, the same genetic curses that poisoned the veins of his father, the same genetic curse that made Scott Hall an absentee parent because Cody would rather die than live like you. Cody has taken a pledge to live a life free from drugs and alcohol. Cody has chosen to spend the rest of his days as being straight edge. That means he won't drink alcohol. He won't smoke cigarettes. He won't take prescription drugs. He won't experiment with ex- ex- uh, won't experiment with recreational drugs. And that means that he is better than you. The promo ends with Sam Punk turning on some clippers and shaving Cody Hall's head on camera. Uh, next week on Livewire, Sam Punk is seen on the Travitron in the same nondescript room as Friday Night Rebellion with Cody Rhodes standing behind him. Or Cody Hall, not Cody Rhodes, I'm sorry. Um, and Punk begins to speak. Scotty, 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 my boy. We've not seen not hide nor hair of you since last Friday. I figured an egomaniac like yourself would be want to jump to the media immediately to try to clear your name, try to prove yourself to be father of the year 20 years running. Yet... You've said absolutely nothing. Curious. Very curious. I wonder how bad seeing your only son standing beside me after denouncing you as his hero, denouncing you as his father. I wonder if your heart exploded in that moment just like it should have after one of those the thousands of bumps of cocaine you took. I wonder if you dropped to your knees and shouted, Why, God, why? I hope you cried yourself to sleep. I hope you're too depressed to speak. I hope you can't find a reason for this pain, for this betrayal, because then and only then would you be able to relate to your son. See, the thing you have most in common is not the blood in your veins. It's not the ancestry. It's not the shared last name. It's the pain that you both felt when the other chose someone else over you. Now, if the prodigal son leaving your shadow has you too stunned to speak, I wonder how you'll feel when you hear from daddy's little girl, Cassie Hall. At this moment, Cassie Hall walks in the frame and begins to speak. Daddy, I've spent 18 years begging you to stop. I spent my entire life wishing that you would give all of this up and be a man that I could be proud of. Daddy, I'm done begging because I know you're never, ever going to change. You don't care about being here for me and Cody, and you never, ever will. I spent my nights crying and pleading with God to keep you safe because I loved you so much. But CM Punk has shown me that you never loved me at all. If you loved me, why did you never come to my dance recitals? If you loved me, why didn't you see me get baptized? If you loved me, why haven't you called me in over three years? You want this image of you being the trophy dad, always there despite your demons? We all know that's just not true. You spent my childhood dancing with your demons in dive bars and strip clubs and trap houses chasing fame. 
while your children chase nothing but shadows of their absent father. Daddy, I'm not mad at you. I'm disgusted. I can't imagine what kind of monster chooses his vices over his own children. Scott Hall, I am joining a good man. No, a great man today. From this day forward, I am straight edge because CM Punk has been a better role model to me than you ever could be. Punk walks back in center. Scott, you did this to yourself. You had countless opportunities to be the best father possible, but you couldn't put the syringes and the bottles down. You had the opportunity to love these children like they deserve, but Scott Hall only loves Scott Hall. See, Scott, all these kids needed was a little love and support. I gave my love and support to Cody, and now Cassie wants in as well. And I can tell you I have no problem giving her all the love and support that she needs. Scott, you spent your life clinging to drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes. Lucky for you, your children found me. They'll spend their lives denouncing the vices of their father. They'll spend their life being straight edge. Scott, this means they won't smoke a cigarette to calm their nerves. They won't take a shot of alcohol when they've had a hard day. They won't try recreational drugs to try to fit in with their peers. And they won't abuse prescription drugs to numb their pain. But most importantly, it means that your own children are better than you. Scott, you could have been the greatest wrestler of all time. You could have been the greatest husband of all time. But most importantly, you could have been the greatest father of all time. But just like my own father, you chose to be a loser. You chose to be a failure. You chose to break your children's hearts. You chose yourself and your demons and your vices every single time. I can relate to Cody and Cassie. I know what it's like to hope your father makes it home safely. I know what it's like to hide in fear that your father is going to break your necks the next time break your neck the next time he beats you. I know what it's like to pray that your father survives just one more day. And I know what it's like to wish that your father dies at any given moment. I wish I had someone like myself to look up to when I was Cody and Cassie's age, but I had to pave my own path. I'm proud to be someone that your children and all of the children around the world can look up to. The media has this feud all wrong. They picture me as the big bad wolf wanting to blow poor Lil Scott Hall's house down. In reality, I am the unsung hero saving two children that are 60% more likely to be addicts. I am the unsung hero who preaches a lifestyle that elongates life for all those children watching around the world. I am not the bad guy. Scott Hall is. Just ask him. The segment fades to black as CM Punk begins shaving Cassie Hall's head. On Rebellion, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Scott Hall opens Rebellion for an interview with Renee Young. As soon as Hall gets in the ring, he snatches the mic from Renee, uh, Renee Young. <coughs> Renee, sorry to disappoint, but I'm not going to go ahead with our scheduled interview because honestly, I don't give a damn what you're going to ask me. No offense, but I've got bigger fish to fry. CM Punk, you attack me. You cheat me out of my championship win. You cheat me out of my match on Livewire last week. You spoke on my past, my addictions, and my personal life. Now you've crossed the line that nobody gets to cross. You've brainwashed my children. And now you're going to pay with your blood. I thought it was kind of sad before you had to resort to kicking me while I was down, trying to use my addictions against me. I don't find your situation sad anymore. I find you to be a disgusting, vile little demon. At this point, you hear clapping and CM Punk's on the screen in the same nondescript room. Bravo on the performance, Scott. What was that you just called me? A disgusting, vile little demon. Ooh, 
have to take your word on it. You've battled so many demons, you must be an expert on the matter. What you aren't an expert on, the ma- on however, is parenting. You-, <coughs> <coughs> you can't blame your children for flocking to me and choosing the straight-edge lifestyle. You can only blame yourself, Scott. You heard those babies cry, those babies cry and you gave yourself a bottle every single time. Scott Hall interjects, Punk, you talking real reckless hiding in that room. Come come down to this ring and settle this like men. Punk says, Scott, I have no interest in walking down to that ring to settle this like men, simply because I don't acknowledge you as a man. However, if you want to settle this conflict with physical violence, we could have a match at TakeOver one night only. Nothing would make me happier than to fly your children to London to watch me put their biggest fear to bed when I hit go to sleep. But since you're itching for a fight, turn around. When Scott Hall goes to turn around, Cody Hall cracks him with a stiff chair shot to the skull. Cassie Hall joins in and the two of them pelt Scott Hall with chair shots before Punk chimes in one last time. Scott, you can hate me all you want. You'll never hate me as much as your own children hate you. As the segment ends, Cody and Cassie spray paint a black X on Scott Hall's chest as a symbol of their straight edge ideals. Um, on the Go Home Rebellion, uh, the next week on Rebellion, Scott Hall comes down to the ring. I spent a week having to think long and hard. Why have my children gone astray? Come to a conclusion. And Punk, you don't hold all the blame. I did fail as a father. As much as I'd like to say I was the, I was the man, I just wasn't. I ruined my kid's childhood, but I'll be damned if I let you ruin the rest of their lives. Sam Punk, you're a master manipulator. You have used that silver tongue to get inside my children's head and you're only using and you're using their trauma to take me down. Punk, you said you wanted a match at TakeOver one night only, but I have no interest in wrestling you. I want to hurt you. I want to break you. I want to fight you. So, Punk, if you're man enough to show up to London, it's me and you in a street fight. At this point, Punk appears on screen once again in, this <coughs> fuck, in the same nondescript room. Scott, you're so violent lately. Are you juicing again? Is this roid rage? Maybe you're drunk right now. Who knows? Scott, if you want to fight it, take over one night only. Then you got one. But be aware. You spent your whole life fighting demons, but Sunday night you'll be fighting the devil himself. I'm going to inflict every bit of pain on you that you inflicted on the hearts of Cody and Cassie. I'm going to make you pay for your sins in blood, just like your children's upbringing. The beating you're going to get on Sunday can only be attributed to your own selfishness. All right, so the uh, match starts and um, Scott, or the match, the fits. Scott Hall comes out wearing light wash denim jeans, a light wash denim vest, and black boots. Sam Punk comes out wearing a zip-up Gracie Jiu-Jitsu jacket, blue athletic shorts with white and red designs, and then black wrestling boots and knee pads. Um. So I'm just going to give you some high spots. So that way it's not like a super terrible long match. Um, So Scott Hall hits a running cross body uh, to CM Punk, followed by repeated stiff arms to the skull from Hall. Um, Hall hits a hard Irish whip into the corner. Uh, Punk hits like the the HBK flip over to the apron. Hall runs the ropes uh, and goes for a lariat, but Punk dodges by dropping onto the apron and pulling the top rope down, sending Hall crashing to the outside. Uh, Sam Punk climbs to the top rope and dives to the outside with a diving crossbody, but Hall catches him 
midair and reverses into a fallaway slam onto the stage. Um, Hall hits a hard Irish whip into the stairs. Hall then bashes Punk's head into the steel steps repeatedly before picking Punk up and throwing him hard into the barricade. Scott Hall gets under the ring and grabs a steel chair. He goes to smash Punk's skull, but skull, but Punk ducks under and Hall smashes the chair onto the barricade. Punk hits a roundhouse kick onto the chair, smacking into Skull's head. Hall stumbles backwards and flips over the barricade and into, and into the crowd. Punk uses the barricade to hit a step-up Enziguri on Hall. <coughs> Punk and Hall brawl through the crowd until they get to an area that's cleared out for sound equipment. Punk uh, Punk handle pile driver onto the concrete floor from Punk to Hall. Punk hits Hall with a face wash. Uh, Punk smashes a trash can onto the spine of Scott Hall. Punk goes to pull Hall up to his feet, but reverses. Uh, but Hall reverses with a back body drop onto the trash can. Um, Scott Hall grabs a steel chair from a fan and sizes up CM Punk as Punk stumbles back to his feet. Uh, Hall smacks him in the skull with a stiff chair shot, sending Punk crashing through the curtain and out into the concourse. Hall and Punk brawl through the concourse until they get to a condiment table. Uh, Hall hits a choke slam on CM Punk through the condiment table. Hall and Punk continue to ball, brawl through the concourse area until Hall tosses Punk. Uh, through some double doors into the parking garage. Uh, Hall pulls a road sign off the wall and st- off the wall of the parking garage and smacks it onto CM Punk's head. The two of them brawl through through the parking garage until CM Punk throws Hall into the corner of the garage that has lead pipes stacked in the corner. Uh, Hall Punk takes the lead pipe and smashes it into the gut and then the spine of Scott Hall. Later on, Scott Hall throws CM Punk's head through the back windshield of an SUV. Hall opens up the back of the SUV and puts CM Punk halfway into the cargo area before smashing the hatch into uh, Punk's spine repeatedly. The referee pulls Scott Hall off of Punk to try to keep him from being paralyzed. Hall and the referee argue for a moment before Hall goes back to grab Punk. Punk was able to recover enough to attack Scott Hall, smashing him in the midsection with a crowbar he found in the back of the SUV. Uh, CM Punk smashes the smashes Scott Hall's Scott Hall's skull into the rear bumper of the SUV before digging into the cargo area again. Punk pulls a small black toolbox out of the trunk and pulls a hammer out of the toolbox. Uh, Punk puts Hall's hand on the bumper before smashing his hand with the hammer. Punk then pulls a chain out of the back of the SUV and begins whipping it over the back of Scott Hall. Punk drags Scott Hall onto the top of the SUV and hits a devil's lock DDT. Uh, Punk starts to go for the pin, but before he sees a semi-trunk parked, semi-truck parked across the garage. Uh, Punk hops in the SUV and drives it over to the semi. Punk climbs on top of the trailer of the semi before leaping off for a diving elbow. Uh, But Hall rolls off the top of the the SUV at the last second. Punk crashes into the SUV. Both men sell for a while before Hall pulls Punk off the SUV and hits him with a, a back suplex onto the hood of the SUV. Scott Hall climbs on the hood of the car before hoisting Punk up for a razor's edge onto the windshield. Hall goes for uh, goes to cover Punk for the win, but after a two count from the referee, uh, Cody Hall pulls Scott Hall off the SUV and hits him with a discus forearm. Cody Hall pulls his father to his feet and, hit, and hits him with a razor's edge onto the concrete before checking on Punk. Uh, Punk stumbles to his feet and then grabs Hall and starts beating the hell out of him with stiff for- stomps and forearms. The two men brawl through the parking garage until they return to the backstage area. Uh, Punk hits a Hits Hall with a sit-out suplex slam onto the concrete floor before dragging him further backstage to a stack of rollaway production crates. Punk sets Hall up in front of the crates 
before hitting him with a step-up knee. Uh, Punk tries to follow up with a bulldog, but uh, Hall reverses, throwing Punk onto the concrete floor. Hall grabs Punk and hits a fallaway slam into the stack of crates. Scott Hall pulls CM Punk up and goes for a razor's edge, but before you can hit it, Cassidy Hall low blows her father and sending him to his knees. As Punk lays on the floor, Cassie grabs a steel chair and bashes it over the skull of her father. Uh, Cody and Cassie check on Punk, and Punk screams at Cody to take his father over to the chain link storage cage across the hall. Uh, so as as Cody drags his father's lifeless body to the cage, Cassie helps Punk hobble over as well. Cassie Hall puts uh, pulls two sets of handcuffs out of her bag, and Cody cuts both hands of Scott Hall to the cage. Sam Punk pulls out two kendo sticks and hands each one to each of the uh, Hall siblings, Cody and Cassie Hall, lay into their father with multiple stiff kendo stick shots. Uh, Sam Punk commands his followers to stop as he before he pulls a can of spray paint out of Cassie's bag. He spray spray paints an X across the Scott Hall's chest as a mark of his straight edge beliefs. Uh, Sam Punk then grabs Scott Hall by his hair and hits multiple hard punches to the skull. Uh, Cody goes to unlock the cuffs so Punk can pin Hall. Cody gets one undone, but when he gets goes for the second. Uh, Scott grabs his hand and hits a headbutt on his son, snatching the key away. Punk runs to make the save, but is hit with a big boot from Scott Hall. Uh, Scott Hall frees his second hand, but Cassie Hall starts laying into him with kendo stick shots. Scott walks into them before snatching the kendo stick from his daughter and walking her down. Cassie is walking backwards quickly and scared before she falls down to the ground as Scott closes in on her. Punk hits him with a hard form to the back of her head, of the head, not her head. Punk and Hall brawl throughout the backstage area, but eventually Hall hoists Punk up and uses uh, his body as a battering ram to burst through the floor-to-ceiling glass window into the trainer's room. Scott Hall starts wailing on Punk with hard rights and lefts before standing up and grabbing a crutch from the corner and breaking it over the spine of Punk as Punk tries to crawl out of the room and escape. (coughs) Uh, Hall throws Punk into the stack of roll-away crates before stomping his head, neck, and chest. Hall opens the crate and searches through it. He pulls out a burlap sack. Uh, he opens it up and pours out some pieces of barbed wire. Hall wraps both of his hands and his right elbow uh, in barbed wire before hitting Punk with his signature punches, followed by a roaring elbow with the barbed wire. Uh, Hall and Punk continue to brawl throughout the backstage area before Punk uh, starts trying to escape the beating he's getting from Hall. Punk starts scaling on uh, some scaffolding, and Hall scales up after him. Once Scott Hall gets up to the top, he goes to grab uh, Punk, but Punk turns around and sprays the black spray, black spray paint into the eyes of Scott Hall. As Scott Hall is stumbling around uh, blindly, Punk hits him with a kick to the gut, followed by a Pepsi plunge as the, off of the scaffold and through a table on the ground. Uh, Punk is barely able to turn Scott Hall over, but when he does, he gets the pin and the win. So Sam Punk wins. Alright, I'm about ready with my thoughts. Um, okay. I didn't feel like this feud needed to continue after the first match. Um, and especially not if Hall's not going to win. I don't feel like this did anything. And uh, it's also one of those situations where the heel's right. So it's really hard to feel sympathy for Scott Hall here. Yeah, uh, the best heels are the, the ones that are right. Yeah, it just makes the baby face really suck. Because <laughs> the worst baby faces are the ones that are wrong. And this man wrong. Did uh, you feel that way about uh, with Raven and Sandman? A little bit. But okay. Raven and Sandman, and he, 
is kind of a different deal because you're kind of just watching to see them throw ladders at each other's heads. Yeah, but I mean, he did the same thing where he took the children. I took a lot of inspiration from that feud. He took his wife and child and they aligned with the flock rather than Sandman. Uh, um... I feel like John didn't actually watch ECW. He just claims he did. Cause you I watched ECW, feels... but not for the story. I watched it for the matches. <laughs> <laughs> ECW is like the opposite of how I normally watch wrestling. I watch that shit just to see them throw chairs at each other's heads. Like I just want to see wild shit happen. I watch it for <laughs> Jack, damn it. <laughs> it's a wild thing to say. Anyways. Uh, Do I get an extra 10 cents if Natural Born Killers played the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> This it just a- loops the entire show. It yeah. just never stopped playing. That'd be awful. The execution was good. I don't think the concept needed to happen. Okay. So I'm gonna overall give that a mid three. Okay. Okay, so I I don't agree about not necessarily agree about continuing the feud i'm okay with you continuing the feud uh cm punk's a bitter angry person so it makes sense that he wouldn't just take an l um and i liked him like taking the kids and everything the only thing issue i really had is i feel like the match kind of went too long like i feel like there was a spot where you could have had it end there were a couple spots where you could have had it end sooner but you it just kept going yeah. Where I feel like it didn't need to. Okay. Um, like I feel like in the parking lot when like he does goes for the thing off the and he ends up going through pretty much going through a car. He didn't go through <laughs> a car, he landed he on a car. He landed on a car, but still he landed on a car. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel like hey. you could have had Hey, we turned match. it over here at PTC. I, I feel like you <laughs> could have had the match end there, and there was like another spot too. Um so I'm gonna give you, but overall, I really liked it. I really liked the promos and the the feud. Um, I'm gonna give you a four point seven five. Okay, I'll take it. I appreciate that. Um, I like the promos as well. Um, especially you had a line about some with the bottle. I forget what it said. Oh, uh, so you heard those babies' cries and you gave yourself a bottle every time. Yeah, that, that that was a good line. Um, I think the match was cool. I don't. I feel like this feud should have ended here, and I don't know. I feel like the feud should have ended, and Scott Hall should have won. Okay, that's where I'm at. So I'm at a three point five. I think that this was mostly for the promo. The match was like I said, the match was cool, but I think the the wrong man won, and I think the promo should have ended right here. And he gave it a three step what. 3.5. Okay. I feel like it should have ended right here. I feel like there's not, in my opinion, there's not really much else you can really do with this. That's what you told me last last time too, and I, I should have listened, but <laughs> now they gotta get it. Now they're they're one one. Now they gotta get a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, main event. So. On Livewire, Primetime Travis is scheduled to have a uh, huge announcement before, but before a word can leave his mouth, uh, MVP attacks him, beating him all around the backstage area, uh, finishing off by throwing him down a flight of stairs before security drags him away uh, for the, from the arena. On Rebellion, Primetime Travis T opens the show for Rebellion Tuesday night on Livewire. I had a huge announcement to make. 
but I didn't get to make the, that announcement. One second. I didn't get to make that announcement because MVP attacked me from behind like a coward. I am not a wrestler. I am an executive. I am the owner of this company, and damn it, MVP, I am your boss. You can't put your hands on just anybody who you want you want around here and get away with it. So MVP, Hassan Assad, you are suspended indefinitely without pay. Do not show up to any PTC events or you will be arrested for trespassing. Now that I have that out of the way, let's get to my monumental announcement. As you all know, Primetime Championships is the greatest professional wrestling company in the world. We're always striving to grow and gain the services of the best wrestlers on the planet. A few months ago, I struck a deal with Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff to buy out for wrestling championships. Well, PTC just got a little bit bigger and a little bit better. With my roast recent purchase, Monday morning, I finalized the deal with Nick Bockwinkle, Antonio Inoki, and Harley Race, the co-owners of Neogenesis Pro Wrestling, to purchase the company and a number of contracts from them. So starting tonight, you will see the PTC roster start to grow, with Rowdy, Roddy Piper being the first to be introduced here tonight. But that's not all. When I purchased the AWC, one of the biggest complaints I received was that I couldn't get their world champion Sting to sign on the dotted line. Having a company merger without one of the company's biggest stars felt like a bit of a failure for me personally. So I was dead set on bringing the NGPW world champion into the fold immediately after this merger. With a little tough negotiating, I was able to do that, and I'm happy to announce the NGPW world champion Kurt Angle will make his PTC debut live on Alpha tomorrow night. I am honored to have the NG, NGPW history merge with PTCs, and I cannot wait to see how the NGPW world champion Kurt Angle measures up to the PTC world heavyweight champion Shelton Benjamin in the main event of TakeOver one night only to unify the belts. Uh, so on out for the main event of Alpha, Kurt Angle makes his debut with a promo uh, in the ring. PTC, I am Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medalist, a 14-time world champion, and the newest addition to the PTC roster. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's damn true. Primetime Travi T already made the match official, and now I'm here to spoil the results. At TakeOver One Night Only, I will become the new PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. Shelton Benjamin is a kid that broke into the business being a part of, that's right, Team Angle. I am proud of the man and the wrestler he has become and the fact that he is now the current PTC World Heavyweight Champion. But at the end of the day, the student just doesn't surpass the master. And Shelton Benjamin will end up being just another man to tap out to the ankle lock. I am the wrestling machine and I am the best wrestler in the world today. It's true. It's damn true. This title right here proves it. Kurt Angle holds the NGPW World Championship in the sky. There's not a man on this roster. Hell, there's not a man on this planet that can go bell to bell with me inside this ring. Whether the name is Shelton Benjamin or anybody else. Just as he says this, lights drop and the whole arena is black. A crow's call plays over the speakers and the Travitron plays a video of a crow flying through the night sky before landing on a skull in the desert. A scorpion crawls out of the mouth of the skull and the camera pans to the moon where a silhouette of a man stands in the moonlight. The Travitron goes black again and a spotlight shines into the rafters and Sting is shown standing with the AWC World Championship and a baseball bat. Sting is staring down at Kurt Angle and Kurt is in the ring meeting his stare with the same icy look as the show goes off the air with commentary teams telling how huge it is for the AWC World Champion Sting to finally arrive in PTC. Uh, so on NGPW Proving Ground, Kurt Angle and Antonio Inoki have a 48-minute match. For the NGBW World Heavyweight Championship, the match ends after two consecutive ankle slams, followed by an ankle lock, forcing Inoki to tap out. 
Um, on Livewire, Shelton Benjamin opens up Livewire the next week in the ring for a promo. Well, a lot of this happened around here lately, huh? All of a sudden, I just don't feel like the prettiest princess at the ball. All weekend, the news has been running wild. First, primetime Travis T and TC have required NGPW, and the and their world champion Kurt Angle is coming to unify the belts with yours truly. Then Kurt Angle claims he's the best in the world, and he's going to make me tap out to his patented ankle lock. Then maybe the biggest news of all the hits. The man called Sting shows up in the rafters of Alpha, holding his AWC World Championship. Well, I got news for all these media outlets. News for Kurt Angle, Sting, and even primetime Travis T himself. Those belts you carry around are now nothing more than any more than anything than expensive ass toys. Those companies don't exist, and you're signed to the PTC roster. And this title, title right here is the only one that matters. And it says that I am the man around here. So, Kurt, you and I already have a date for TakeOver one night only. What's one more fake world champion? Sting, I have a lot of respect for you and what you've done in your career, but I came over to PTC and I rose to the top immediately. While you sat at home and collected your guaranteed money because you weren't sure you could cut it here. You saw my success and decided to undermine me by coming out to interrupt my opponent's promo. Bottom line, I'm glad you're here because I can finally prove I'm better than you. And I've always been better than you. At TakeOver One Night Only, I will unify the PTC, AWC, and NGPW World Championships. And if any other make-believe world champion wants to see how they measure up to the gold standard and the true heavyweight champion, Shelton freaking Benjamin, then come on down because I am the best in the world and I am ready for all challengers. Uh, so in that week's Rebellion, Shelton Benjamin comes out for the main event segment of Rebellion on Friday night. He comes down to the ring, he grabs the microphone. Before he can say a word, out comes Kurt Angle. Angle grabs the mic and rolls in the ring. Shelton... I said it last Saturday on Alpha. I'll say it again tonight. I am proud of you for what you have become and what you have accomplished. But I also said something else on Saturday night, and I'll say that again too. Bell to bell, there's not a single person on the planet that can out-wrestle the wrestling machine. Kurt Angle. Now, I know you told Sting he could join our match and take over one night only, and that's fine by me. That's another man for me to tap out and another world title for my legacy. Whether it's the Icon Sting or the Gold Standard Shelton Benjamin, somebody is tapping out to the ankle lock. And I'm leaving the O2 Arena as the PTC United, PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. Shelton smirks at Kurt before going to, uh, to reply, but before he can, Sting's music hits and the Icon makes his way to the ring. Sting gets in the ring and, both, and looks at both Kurt Angle and then Shelton Benjamin before speaking. Gentlemen, I've spent a long time in this industry. I've seen plenty of world champions, and I've beat most of them. From Hulk Hogan to AJ Styles, Ric Flair to Samoa Joe, Shelton Benjamin to Kurt Angle, you name them. I've beat them. Now, I've got nothing but respect for you both, but I am the best in the world. You know what they say, fear an old man in a profession where men die young. I am the last outlaw. I'm the icon. I'm the franchise, and I am the best in the world. At TakeOver One Night Only, I'm leaving the United States kingdom as the ptc undisputed world heavyweight champion shelton benjamin laughs before saying you guys are ridiculous you've both lost your mind kurt angle you are 40 years old you're you're a 40 year old man that's still hanging on to something that happened 13 years ago your prime was when you won that gold medal seeing you're 50 you're a 50 year old man running around in makeup playing sorry makeup playing cowboys 
You haven't seen your prime since you got sad and started hanging out in the rafters. Honestly, I liked you better when you didn't talk. Because the crap I just heard you spew took a lot off your legacy. I am 33 years old. I am in the prime of my career. And I am already the undisputed PTC World Heavyweight Championship. You two are coming to the O2 Arena at TakeOver one night only. Not as champions, but as challengers. Challengers to my title. I'm sick of being treated as the young buck that's vying for a spot with the big boys. No, the big boys are vying for a shot at me and my belt. I'm here to show you everything. I am here to show you that everything moves on. This industry is no different. The athletes evolve, and I am better than both of you. Time waits for no man, and I'll be damned if I lose my belt to two middle-aged men. I am the new measuring stick in the industry, and after TakeOver one night only, you'll be a novelty act or a gatekeeper at best. I've looked up to you two and respect and res, uh, respect that you both have been mentors to me at different parts of my career. I love both of you, but just like an old horse that you love, sometimes you got to take it out behind the barn and put it out of its misery. Take over one night only. I show you and I show the world that this is a new era and the stars of yesterday have just hit their twilight because my star is just starting to shine. See you boys in London. Benjamin just tosses the mic, then rolls out of the ring and walks up the ramp, holding his title high. Uh, on NGBW One Last Dance, the, the last pay-per-view uh, for uh, Neogenesis Pro Wrestling, uh, Kurt Angle defends his uh, World Heavyweight Championship against the first ever World Heavyweight NGBW World Heavyweight Champion Nick Bonkwinkle in a 60-minute Ironman match. After 60 minutes, Kurt Angle is named the winner with a 2-1 to victory, 2-1 to score for the victory. The two men stand in the ring after for the final NGBW show and Kurt Angle then leaves the ring, but Nick Bockwinkle for Nick Bockwinkle to be the last man seen on the show he created. Uh, on Livewire in the main event segment of rebellion, or I'm sorry, of Livewire the next week, Sting walks to the ring to speak to the crowd for 23 years. I've killed myself in this ring. I've spent days, weeks, months, years, nursing injuries and raising hell all over the world. I've wrestled for every major company this world has ever seen. In each and every one of those companies, I was the guy. Now that I'm in PTC, I am in PTC, that's not about to change. At TakeOver one night only, I am going to put both Shelton Benjamin and Kurt Angle down and unify those titles and show my time is still here. As he says this, Kurt Angle's music hits and he comes down to the ring. Sting, I've been saying it since I got here. I got respect of you, respect for you, but I'm sick of hearing you come out here and talk about how amazing you are. I am an Olympic gold medalist, a 14-time world champion, and more importantly, I'm the greatest wrestler alive. At TakeOver one night only, I'm going to make you tap out. And I'm going to be the PTC undisputed world heavyweight champion. It's true. Oh, it's damn true. Just as he finishes his sentence, uh, Shelton Benjamin comes out wearing a Versace shirt, sunglasses, and white pants. Shelton gets in the ring. Uh immediately steps between Kurt and Sting. Kurt, if you're sick of hearing him talk about how great he is, imagine how I feel listening to you. You guys can come out here and stack up your accolades and have a pissing contest every week, and that's fine. I can't compete with your past glories, but today, tomorrow, and for sure on Sunday, not only can I compete with you both inside this ring, I will beat you and keep my world championship. I am stronger, faster, smarter, and I am in my prime. And I'm always two steps ahead. As he says this, Shelton Benjamin hits Sting with a super kick followed by a pay dirt to Kurt Angle. As Shelton Benjamin ends the show holding the PTC World Heavyweight Championship in the sky over uh, Sting and Kurt Angle's bodies.
on uh, the Go Home Show for Alpha. Uh, Kurt Angle opens the show with a vignette of him tra- in the wrestling room with various wrestlers, Charlie Haas, Brock Lesnar, Iron Mike Di- DiBiase, Randy Couture, Gerald and Jack Briscoe, Dr. Steph, Steve Williams, Jake Hager, Bob Backlund, Mad Dog Rashawn, and Baron Von Raschke are seen on the match training. Kurt Angle hops off the mat and walks to the camera. This is where champions are built. This is Mount Olympus Training Center. I created this shortly after winning my Olympic gold medal to help raise the next crop of great wrestlers. You can see tons of stars on this mat, and even more have come through this building, including the PTC World Heavyweight Champion, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton, I've seen you at your lowest points right here on these mats. Your body and your spirit broken, but you never gave up. You never quit. I don't see tomorrow night at TakeOver one night only being any different. I don't think your pride proud will allow you to tap out once I lock in the ankle lock, which is fine. Because I'll rip your foot off your leg and take it home along with my belts and I'll hang it on the wall with the rest of my championships and trophies. Shelton, you've let your arrogance get the better of you. You made a friendly competition in the greatest sport in the world become a matter of pride and manhood. It'll be my pleasure to rip your leg off and take your title tomorrow night. But not before I beat some sense back into you. See you tomorrow night. In the middle of the show, a uh, vignette plays, begins to play of a desert at, at night. A crow calls and it flies down, lands on the skull. Out of the skull, a scorpion walks on the sand. The camera pans off into the moonlight. A shadowy figure steps out of the moonlight and is revealed to be Sting. Sting reaches down and lets the scorpion walk into his hand before he pulls it up to eye level. I chose the scorpion to be my insignia because I wanted to strike fear in the hearts of my opponents. Just like a scorpion does its prey. As I grew older, the scorpion and I became to become more and more similar. The scorpion has outlasted all other animals. Scorpion was one of the first to leave the water and live on the land. They were here before the dinosaurs and they've lasted a whole lot longer. I was a maverick in this industry, one of the first to bet on myself and go against the grain when I threw the neon colors and blonde high top away to grow my hair out, wear black and white and hang from the rafters. Never saying a word. Plenty of people had I had lost Billion people have said I had lost my mind and surely would lose my place in this industry. I'm still here, but where are they? They faded to black, fallen in the shadows, but the shadows are exactly what saved my career. I've spent my entire career being called crazy betting on myself. When I gave up the surfer gimmick to be the crow, they said I lost my mind and I made millions. When I didn't go to work for Vince, they told me I'd be nothing. I stayed a household name. When I sat out instead of immediately signing with PTC after AWC was purchased, I waited it out and made millions to come in on my terms. Now I see people saying I'm crazy for trying to compete with guys like Kurt Angle, who might be the greatest bell-to-bell performer of all time, and Shelton Benjamin, who is in the prime of his career and looks better than he ever has. Tomorrow night, I'll prove the naysayers wrong once again. I am leaving the United Kingdom as the new PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. Take over one night only. The man called Sting shows he still has some gas in the tank. Uh, in the main event, Shelton Benjamin comes out in a Gucci suit with no undersh- undershirt, uh, Gucci boots, and Gucci sunglasses. Shelton takes a, a moment to before talking to the crowd. You know, I've had a bit of a chip on my shoulder over the past few weeks, and I think I earned it. While everybody was busy talking about Sting and Kurt Angle, nobody was talking about me. You know, that's fine. I thrive under pressure. I thrive as the underdog, but what's not fine is treating me like I have no chance. You two are fighting to be the PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. I'm not. I'm fighting to remain the PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. See, the way I look at it, 
There's no dispute as to who is the PTC World Heavyweight Champion. Kurt Angle is the NGBW World Champion. Sting is the AWC World Champion, and neither of those companies exist anymore. This isn't three world champions walking in to see who the top dog is. This is one world champion defending against two challengers. Last Tuesday on Rebellion, I kicked Sting's teeth down his throat, and I knocked Kurt Angle unconscious with pay dirt. I've been seeing all the dirt sheets, all the media outlets, all of you fans on Twitter talking about Shelton Benjamin is a bad guy. He turned on us. I didn't turn. I didn't change. I'm exactly why I've always been. This isn't about good guys and bad guys. This isn't a story about a mentor and a student going into battle. This isn't a story about a man meeting his hero and having to go to war with him. This isn't a story at all. This is a sport. This is a business. It's about me proving to you, them, and more importantly, myself, that I am the best damn wrestler on the planet. I am less than 24 hours away from going up against two living legends, two guys that I've looked up to and modeled my career after, and I have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that no matter how good they are, I'm just that much better. Call it being a bad guy. Call it being a heel. I call it be doing anything and everything to keep my belt and be the pound-for-pound pound best in this industry. Tomorrow night, O2 Arena in London, England. Take over one night only. Shelton Benjamin walks in as the PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion, and after laying waste to Kurt Angle and Sting, Shelton Benjamin will leave as the PTC Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion. You can bet on it. Put your gold on the gold standard. Benjamin tosses the bike and holds the PTC World Heavyweight Championship in the air as Alpha goes off the air. All right, so Kurt Angle comes out in an all-white singlet with three blue stars with red outline on the waistline. And red A with blue outline on the chest and red blue stripes on the side. He's wearing red red elbow and knee pads and blue boots. Um, Sting's wearing the white full face paint with the red and black designs like he wore in um, TNA. He's wearing a the Wolfpack style uh, Wolfpack Sting style singlet with red boots and black leather gloves with red accents. Uh, Shelton Benjamin's wearing black biker shorts with gold designs, gold knee pads, black boots with gold designs. All right. So Kurt Angle opens up immediately with an angle slam on uh, Shelton Benjamin, goes for a pin, but it's broken up by Sting. Kurt Angle gets in Sting's face and they argue. Kurt Angle pushes Sting and Sting returns the favor. Then the two of them get into a push fight. Uh, Sting hits a knife edge chop to Kurt Angle, followed by a European uppercut from Angle to Sting. Uh, the two exchange strikes until Kurt Angle hits a sting with a clothesline. Uh, but Shelton Benjamin hits Angle with a, a super kick, followed by a drop kick from Sting to Benjamin. Uh, sting hits Angle with a snap DDT and then hits a gorilla press slam on the Shelton Benjamin. Sting then Irish whips Kurt Angle and she- uh, Shelton Benjamin in the opposite corners. Uh, he then runs back and forth, hitting stinger splashes on both men. Uh, he, as Kurt Angle stumbles out of the corner, uh, Sting hits him with an Olympic slam. Sting gets on top on the top rope and taunts to the crowd, yelling out "woo!" As he climbs down and turns around, he's hit with a stinger splash from Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Shelton Benjamin follows up with a pay dirt for a two count broken up when Kurt Angle locks in an ankle lock on Shelton Benjamin and drags him off of Sting. Shelton Benjamin reverses ankle lock into a dragon whip. Shelton Benjamin is immediately hit with a clothesline from Sting. Sting pulls Benjamin up and hits him with a gonzo bomb. Uh, Sting turns around. He's immediately hit with an overhead release belly-to-belly suplex from Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle immediately hits Sting with a release German suplex. He follows up with a big boot to Stinger, sending him to crash into the outside. 
Angle drops the straps as he celebrates and hypes the crowd. Angle hits the ropes and then hits Sting with a suicide somersault senton. Uh, Angle puts Sting on the announce desk and hits him with a diving moonsault uh, through the table as both men stir on the ground. Kurt Angle starts to rise to his feet. Shelton Benjamin grabs him and hits a buckle bomb onto the steel post. Uh, Benjamin rolls Sting into the ring but notices Kurt Angle is still stirring so he begins to attacking him again. Sting hits Benjamin with a suicide crossbody. He then hits Kurt Angle with a running leaping elbow uh, drop off the apron. Sting throws Angle in the ring and starts stomping on Shelton Benjamin before rolling back into the ring with Kurt. Sting hits Kurt Angle with an Irish whip who followed a with an Irish whip followed by a back body drop. Sting follows up with a diving splash for a two count. Uh, Sting puts Kurt Angle pulls Kurt Angle to his feet and hits him with a scorpion death drop. He goes for a pen attempt, but is broken up by Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin pulls uh, Sting to his feet and hits him with a German suplex. Shelton then goes for a springboard bulldog, but is caught midair by uh, Kurt Angle, who reverses it into a triple rolling German suplex. Kurt Angle sees his opportunity and puts the straps back up and locks the ankle lock on uh, Shelton Benjamin. Kurt Angle drops down and locks in the grapevine on the leg, and Benjamin is screaming out in pain. Sting comes over and breaks the grapevine, but Angle refuses to let go of the ankle. So Sting locks in a scorpion deathlock while Angle maintain, uh, maintains the ankle lock on Benjamin. So Sting has Angle in a scorpion deathlock, but Angle has Benjamin in the um, ankle lock. Um, One second. Finally, Angle drops Benjamin's uh, ankle and reverses the scorpion deathlock into a standing leg lock. He transitions the standing leg lock into an ankle lock on Sting. Sting looks like he's about to tap out, but then Shelton Benjamin hits Angle with a Hurricane Rana, sending Angle across the ring and then rolls out of the ring. Sting hobbles to his feet and is immediately hit with a Samoan drop by Benjamin. Benjamin is still limping on the ankle. Kurt Angle attack, but he goes for a hammerlock uh, front power slam on Sting. As he lands the move, you see him drop to one knee, selling the ankle. Before he can stand, uh, Kurt Angle hits Benjamin with an enziguri. Kurt Angle picks Benjamin up and nails him with a stun gun onto the top rope. Angle then grabs Sting and nails him with a backdrop suplex. Angle climbs to the top rope and hits Sting with a frog splash and goes for the cover, but after uh, Shelton Benjamin barely breaks up the pin after a two count. Uh, Kurt Angle snaps and starts beating the hell out of Shelton Benjamin with stiff forearms and stomps. Kurt Angle hits a buckle bomb on Shelton Benjamin before scooping up and immediately hitting him with an exploder suplex into the turnbuckle. Angle rolls out of the ring and drags Benjamin out as well, placing him against the steel steps. Angle takes a few steps back before sprinting at Benjamin and hitting him with a missile drop kick into the steps. Kurt Angle uh, grabs Benjamin and beats him with forearms into the corner of the guardrail. Uh, Kurt then goes to walk away before turning around and spearing uh, Benjamin through the guardrail and into the crowd. Kurt stumbles out of the crowd and roars from the adrenaline before pulling the straps back down again and rolling into the ring. When Angle stands, Sting rushes him, but Angle reverses a monkey flip. Um, both men stand up and hit the ropes. Angle hits a flying forearm smash, and then Irish whips Sting back into the ropes and nails him with a back body drop. Angle is on fire. He climbs to the second rope and taunts Sting to stand up. When Sting uh, gets to his feet, Angle hits him with a middle rope diving shoulder block. Angle pulls Sting to his feet and hits him with a belly-to-back suplex. Angle immediately grabs Sting and nails him with a snap suplex. Kurt's fired up and screams out to the crowd and beats on his chest before grabbing uh, Sting and dragging him to the corner. Angle hoists Sting up to the top rope before hitting him with an avalanche overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Angle slowly gets to his feet and drags the lifeless Sting 
to just in front of the corner, and Kurt climbs up to the top rope and then hits Sting with a 450 knee drop. Kurt Angle goes for the pin, but at two and three quarters, Benjamin pulls the Angle out of the ring and hits him with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex into the steel post. Shelton Benjamin uh, gets back in the ring and goes for a Northern Light suplex, but Sting reverses it by dropping behind and ramming Shelton Benjamin Shelton's shoulder first into the steel post. Sorry. Uh, Sting pulls Shelton out of the corner and pulls him uh, to the center of the ring and nails him with a tombstone pile driver and goes for the pin, but Benjamin kicks out at the last second. Sting can't believe it. He takes uh, Benjamin to the corner and hoists him to the top rope. Uh, scale, Sting scales the turnbuckle and hits Shelton Benjamin with a stalling superplex. Sting crawls over to Benjamin for the cover, but Kurt Angle deserves, dives on him to break up the pin after a two and a half. Uh, Angle and Sting brawl in the center of the ring for a moment before Sting gets the upper hand. Sting hits a stiff kick to the gut, followed by a powerbomb on Kurt Angle. Uh, Sting climbs to the middle rope and hits Kurt Angle with a diving tornado DDT. As Sting stumbles up, Shelton hits him with a springboard somersault neckbreaker. Uh, Shelton Benjamin looks at Sting on the ground and then to the corner. Benjamin signals he's going for the 450 splash and climbs to the top rope. Before he can dive off, Kurt Angle scrambles to the top rope and starts hitting him with stiff right hands, followed by an avalanche angle slam. Angle tries to go for the pin, but Sting stops him before he even gets a shot. Sting Irish whips Kurt Angle into the corner and then hits uh, Kurt Angle with a muscle buster. Sting staggers to his feet and is hit with a super kick, followed by a T-bone suplex for the pin and the win from Shelton Benjamin. Don't grade. After the match, Primetime Travi T presents the new PTC World Heavyweight Championship, which features three crowns to represent the each of the three world titles that were unified to Shelton Benjamin and raises his arm. Then MVP Muhammad Hassan, Rusev, and Nikita Koloff hit the ring and start attacking the three competitors in Travi T. Nikita Koloff turns Sting inside out with a Soviet sickle. Rusev hits a angle with a Machka superkick, followed by a high angle release German suplex. MVP hits the 305 on Travi T, followed by a drive-by kick. Finally, Muhammad Hassan assaults Shelton Benjamin and hits a full Nelson front leg sweep face buster on Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin is then flung it to the outside as MVP directs Asylum. Muhammad Hassan gets on top of the announce desk and Rusev and Koloff hoist Benjamin up to him. Muhammad Hassan hits a tower drop, sending uh, Benjamin crashing through the announce desk. Rusev hands MVP a microphone as he holds the, an unconscious Travi T by the hair and gets face-to-face with his lifeless body. Travi, it could have been so simple. But we're sick of being held back. We're sick of being forgotten. We're sick of being stolen from. So I'm going to take everything from you, just like your people have done to mine. MVP drops the mic and then stands up quickly and stomps on the back of the head of Travi T viciously. The show ends with MVP and Asylum standing tall. All right, I'll I'll start this one. Um, I think, in my opinion, I think I didn't. I these promos were. I feel like they weren't that good. They were just longer. And I think I don't think with the promos being longer, it makes it better. Um, I. The match was good. I give you the, the match was good. I just think the promos were just a little. I feel like they said a like they said a lot, but not really saying a lot. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a three point two five for this. Okay. I mirror Kenny's sentiment, but also the after the match segment was a little weird. Is MVP always been with the Asylum? No. 
Okay, so it's kind of like you're building two matches at once with that attack, and that's a little weird. Well, I mean, they, this would be him debuting with them. Yeah. They have similar characters and similar interests and similar desires, goals. Yeah. So them aligning makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but then who's the leader? Because, like, it's been, f- like, a f- confirmed, not confirmed, but really, like... The dirt sheets are saying it. Yeah, like, it's really been pushed that Hassan's, like, this unquestioned leader, and MVP's whole thing, like, I just don't feel see him as a follower. Um, okay. I see them as equals. You wouldn't know that, so I mean, you can't really yeah. judge on that. But that's I'm seeing them as is equals. They're yeah. not. It's not like MVP's not joining Asylum. They're just working together. Yeah. Um. They have they have a common common goal. Yeah. Um. I feel like you could have separated. I I don't know. This, um, this is a little weird. Uh, so I'm gonna go a little bit lower than Kenny just because I agree with his sentiment, but also didn't like that. So I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Um. I agree with that. I also agree with Kenny with the promos. Like, Sting bringing, mentioning, like, collecting millions of dollars and collecting money felt very odd. Like, I don't picture Sting, like, talking about that. And, like, right. like he said, a lot of the, the promos were long, and some of them were pretty repetitive. They were pretty much just saying the same thing, like, week to week, it felt like. Okay. Um, the match was good. The aftermatch stuff was meh. Like I get what you're going for, and you're trying to set up two different storylines, but mm. um, I'm gonna give you a th- three point one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was waiting on like three point one eight or something like that. <laughs> Anything else? Oh, that's it. That's the end of the All right. Well, that is the Showing end the <laughs> of uh, PTC one night only. We're going to get some plugs, and then we will enjoy our late bedtime on this extra length stream that we rewarded you with. <laughs> D-Money? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok. I'll be TikToking and tweeting. Uh, Dumbmoney213, D-A-M-O-N-E-Y-T, number one. Number three, you can also follow... Uh, T13 Media on TikTok. It's T13 spelled out. Um, it's where we put shit on TikTok. So the shit is on there, right? Bad guy. Yeah. Um, you can catch me uh, just bad guy um, on every social media. Just bad guy spoken on every social media. Yeah, you can see me just talking shit on every social media. Like how Travis looks like Barney Rubble right now. You go look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of looking like Barney Rubble, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So, uh, <laughs> follow me on all social media at I am Travy T. That's at I A M T R A V V Y T on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And rate me a five or fuck off. All right. And if you want to hear me uh, hate on Carrie and Cross, you can go to at Little X Fudge on Twitter. <laughs> where I have shifted from me a Brock Lesnar hater account to a Karrion Cross hater account. So with that said... Okay, JWC. Uh, this <laughs> has been Book It. Oh, and you can follow all the T13 Media things at T13Media.com. So it's T13 spelled out, Media.com. We got merch. We got 
all the links to all the different shows, so make sure you check that out. And wherever you rate us, it's fives or fuck off. Yep, golden rule. Well, that's been an episode of Book It. You gotta say see ya. See ya. I always Bye. That there you go. I was not ready. Ding 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 